Bum, bum, bum. Welcome to Slashers and Suits, the Kill Count Edition. Yeah, this is a little bonus cut, a deep cut, if you will, with a and, sharp knife. <laughs> and what happened? We got so into the Friday the 13th 5 that we completely forgot to keep track of the kills. And it's super important. Why, Jesus? Yeah, this is this is pretty deep stuff here. So we actually had so much fun making that episode that we forgot to do something we do every single time, which is keep track of the kills. And this wouldn't be such a big deal, and we certainly wouldn't need to be sitting here correcting it, except mm-hmm. for one thing, which is that this movie has the highest kill count we've mm-hmm. ever seen. Ooh, and yeah. the tides are changing. So this... This movie, we talked about it a little bit while viewing, but it really does with this added, the added kills. It starts to change, you know, we're deep mid-80s. We're, we're gonna be changing a little bit in the genre going to the later 80s in how slashers are being presented. Yes, uh, it's gonna be a pretty radical change, and this type of kill count will actually become quite normal. Right. In just a few years. But this is the genesis of that. And the way that this movie is is treated uh, as far as pacing is sort of a hard here mm-hmm. late 80s tempo in, in which we find people being killed essentially every five minutes. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it starts early and it just it never lets up and everyone goes. And what's interesting, if you go back to Friday the 13th, part one or Canada around that time, you know, 1980 and then 1981, respectively. <laughs> you can see a huge difference in the seriousness of tone, yes. in development of, of character and plot. And then here, it's kind of the heyday of, you know, the slasher being Jason, or the Jason figure being more of the icon and definitely more present in the movie, like you, more screen time instead of the kids. It's more leaning towards the killer. So that's a really interesting point because um, Jason was certainly the star mm-hmm. of this movie, and um, he was looking good too. He was. I, I was, was gonna say very well portrayed, in my opinion. I absolutely agree, which is super funny, considering the whole thing of FTT5. <laughs> yes, yes. So, and that's going to get really, really, really interesting. There's a great irony here. To mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's one other thing to point out about these kills, and that is the extra degree of brutality. Yeah, it gets pretty choppy. As far as, I mean, literally, like, people are being chopped up every which way, left and right. Yes, yes. And and we got caught up in the mania to the point where we were singing, uh-oh, machete-o. Uh-oh, machete-o. <laughs> so we did that instead of count the kills. Yeah, that's basically what happened. Because if you're not having fun with slashers, you got your suit on too tight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You, you don't want to watch these unless you're going to have fun with them. You have to go along for the ride, and it's a pretty good ride. It's a pretty good ride. And we're getting into some of my favorites, so I'm pretty excited. Yeah, it's an onward and upward thing from here. 
So, 19 kills in Friday the 13th Part 5. Dang. That, 19 kills. That's nuts. Where we started with, like, four, three. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, our kill count have been increasing as the years of the 1980s increase. And it's, it's becoming a bit more self-aware. They know that they're a thing at this point. It's a phenomenon. <laughs> oh, yes. That's another thing. So when you watch Friday the 13th Part 5, you can tell that they know they are a Jason movie. Uh-huh. You know, and that's a big thing because Jason masks were the best-selling Halloween costume that year. Right, exactly. It's a cultural icon. Yeah, seriously. And as was Freddy, and we'll see with the Freddy, the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels coming up in a few, Freddy was an icon, and it becomes Freddy's movie instead of, you know, if you go back to, like, A Happy Birthday to Me, it's the it's the girl's mental health journey, and it's very plot-driven, very, very different, a whodunit. So we're, we're kind of changing pace as far as that is concerned. But I, I do think it's an added fun so that you, you can get things like uh-oh machete Yes, there is so much fun being had here. And might I add that there are several wink-wink moments. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely more nudity. The electric boobaloo. <laughs> yes, the electric boobaloo. <laughs> so just we'll we'll also call those out because apparently in Friday the Thirteenth that's when uh, all these you know porn plucked Ohio girls or whatever they are uh, PPOGs <laughs> coming coming to Hollywood for for their fifteen minutes apparently we're all auditioning for like porno movies. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we call that like it's anywho so we'll always point that out too yeah yeah we we ended up having a lot of fun with this episode mm-hmm. as as we were recording it and this is the first time that we've had to go back mm-hmm. and talk more about it oh my goodness know? and what does that say i mean this movie it was so Darn good. And and what an interesting year, too. In in my opinion, probably the most fascinating year, mm-hmm. 1985. Transition. Yeah, like what's going on here? You know, we've already seen the entrance of Freddy Krueger. Yeah. You know, we've already, we've already quote-unquote, killed Jason last time in Friday right. the 13th Part 4. Right. So here we have an extreme... Gore fest, although it is all censored. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is all censored. But the uncut version of this film, it's the bloodiest Friday the Thirteenth yet, with yep. the most creative kills. I would say. And the pacing has turned into what would be called a body count film. Right. So this is what we're going to have a lot of from here on. Uh, this is the first time it happened. Mm-hmm. And we ended up really, really enjoying the film because mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that is ironic for, for those who have seen the film. Right. Uh, we can't say too much, but as you all watch the movie and you get to the end, 
yep. you'll see there's an irony here. And the irony is that this movie turned out to be almost a perfect traditional slasher film, I... sort of a sort of a callback to 1981. Totally. And with some some great characters, memorable characters, new awards, the Golden Machete. <laughs> yes, the Golden Machete. We had so, so much fun with that, and we're going to do that from here on, too. That's right. Okay, so now we're going to go and film April Fool's Day. Yeah, that's right. 1986, April Fool's Day. That is on the menu. We would say more, but we got things to do. We're going to go do that right now. (laughs) All right. Enjoy FTT5. Betty. Oh my goodness. Betty the Reckless. Yay! Betty the Reckless is who it is. I really, really like this movie. Me too. Yeah, it's really good. And April Fool's Day, too. April Fool's Day was my favorite. You were like, <laughs> you didn't want to watch it. I know. And it turned out to be the best movie I'd ever seen. Oh my god. The best movie I'd ever seen. Oh my god. I don't know why. I just I had the greatest experience with that movie. Oh my but goodness! Why did it suck back in the day? Don't you remember? I, no, I loved it. And then you were like, "No, it's gonna." Suck. Are you sure? Yeah, you were. You loved it. Yeah, I was all about April Fool's Day. I don't know what happened this time. You were like, "Oh, Biff's not even funny, and he's the most hilarious character ever." I know. Like, what are you talking about? That was the funniest thing. You didn't even I want didn't. to watch it. Oh, yeah. That was so my thing. It's like, really? But that's when it works out well. Heck, yeah, it does. That's the greatest version of my thing. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> so funny. Well, but when... yeah. So... <laughs> Yay. Um... Yippee! Okay. Which means we are going to watch FDT5. Okay, I have... I'm at one second. My coffee! Second. I forgot my coffee. Coffee? Whoa. Yeah, I'm drinking coffee. You're gonna be bouncing off the wall. Well, I know. Where did you go? I unbeddied myself. I unbeddied myself. I know you did. Yeah. So what what, what are you saying? What is this? Oh my god, we have we have a YouTube. I forgot about that. (laughs) What? That's crazy. I totally forgot about that. Okay, so here's... heck is this? Oh my god! Podbean has been uploading little sneak peeks. And we have... Why would a... they do that? We... No, 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 like, to get people to listen. Oh. And we have a comment from this guy named Ted, and he says, Keep uploading, you deserve more views. Oh, very cool. Nice. I forgot we had a YouTube, I need to use that. Do you think it's Ted? Oh my god, it's so Ted. It's Ted! Ted? Oh my god, it's so Ted. It's Teddy? He's a dead YouTuber. Oh my god, we also have a SoundCloud that I forgot about. It's not my fault that you're logo. You're a weirdo. (laughs) Something. Wait, that's a song. It's so good. Crazy. You know what it is? You know why? 
You know, I love doing it because what it is, is the mobster voice tweaked a little bit to be like yes. a circus person. I kind of sound like Eddie Robinson. Exactly. So then you just take that and you're like, crazy. Y'all crazy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's your logo. Logo. Yeah, sir. It's my favorite. <laughs> what? Yeah. That was a good Eddie Robinson. Yeah. A lot of people <laughs> have forgotten because I know. Even even like okay, so my favorite James Cagney. Of course it is. He's he's still remembered. Well, Jimmy Boy. Which is surprising, considering that he's from the 1930s. Yeah, but he's that that guy, that face guy. Everybody. He's the you dirty of. rat. Guy. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> totally. And I Eddie feel Robinson, like. No. Well, and Cagney too. They it kind of came back with Home Alone when they were spoofing. You know. Oh yeah, it did. Yeah, um, but Eddie Robinson, I actually think is like so yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, sing. He is so fun. Yeah, yeah, sing. He's five feet tall, by the way. That's the best. And a, and a collector of esoteric Israeli paintings. Well, that's just fantastic. It it is. He's actually a very gentle guy. Did you know that I'm being Eddie Robinson for Halloween? I did not know that. But I would like that. Yep. You have to watch Little Caesar 20 times before you do that. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, with the cigar and everything, I got my hat. That's wonderful. So excited. He's, he has the, the best. Hollywood voice in history. I know. I know he does. It's the best. Oh my god. Eddie and, and Cagney, though, together? Oh, it's ridiculous. Over the top. Ridiculous. It's the Road Warriors. God, it's so cool. They're unstoppable. They've only done it once. They've only done it once in Smart Money. So, um, I love those movies so much. That was... Smart money. Uh, Eddie Robinson was on top, oddly enough. I know, because he came before, yeah. Yeah, he was like six months before. He, it's well, such and, a fascinating story. And like a little older. He's a little older. So Little Caesar came out in 1930. 1930. And then here comes The Public Enemy in 31. And The Public Enemy, that's the only movie that will consistently make me cry every time I watch it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, Same. my God. I know. I know. Oh, well, Enemy. actually, the ending of Angels of Dirty Face is a little... Oh, that's heavy, too. It's yeah, so see, heavy. That's the difference. Little Caesar, it, it, you can't get emotional about it because you're too busy completely in awe of the voices. Oh, and you want to become a, a you know part of the team. Yeah, it's really fun. It, they make it so fun, and and the over the top quality that they have. Whereas no. the Public Enemy, they they grab a hold of your heart and just squeeze it, and 
How wise yeah. of them, too, to go the other end of the spectrum and go for raw realism. That's what I mean. Eddie's, like, clearly he knows what he's doing. Oh, they've got commie guns and, like, diamond teeth. It's completely out of control. They love it. But Cagney's very serious. Oh, and, and, and they give a public service message before the movie on the title card. I saying love that, it. that, you know, this is, this is a problem and what are we going to do about it? And some dude get left behind and this can happen. Well, except when he's singing Yankee Doodle. Well, yeah, in Yankee Doodle Dandy. That's a great movie. If you're if you're in that mood, you know, if you want to do the the musical thing. So because re- remember remember that he was very multi-talented. I know, it's just he's so funny for that part. Well, I mean 15 years later, you know, he was like, he was rocking and rolling. They I did know. Comedies too. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, what what is it? Joan Blondell? Is that his? That 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 was actually they were together uh, in New York, and then they moved to Hollywood together to try to make it in movies. Oh, that's right. And I yeah. love 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 them together. And then she, of course, that's my favorite actress of all time. Nice. And she, uh, her timing. Yeah, that that whole era. That whole uh, era. Oh my god. It's it's all about that early thirties. I know. When they didn't have standards and codes and stuff, and they could say what they want, and very the very good. Sam's code. I know. It really messed. It messed movies up for about thirty years. But nineteen thirty one, thirty two, thirty three. That rawness, that Barbara Stanwyck, that Betty Davis, that Joan Blondell type of thing. Tell me about it. Where it's at, the Cagney, the George Raft, Eddie Robinson, Paul Mooney from the original Scarface. I mean, it's just, it's such good stuff. So good. Okay, I am at 13. Oh, wait. <laughs> Welcome to Slashers and Suits. Oh, wait, are we starting? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so an hour later, oopsie. Okay, welcome to Slashers and Suits. Welcome to Slashers and Suits. <laughs> My God. So we have a very fun movie today. Friday the 13th, part five. Part five. Looking alive. It's going to be really, really good. And... We love what happened because it was better than we thought it was going to be. It really was. When you, I think it'll be kind of split in half for the people who know the ending and are just looking to have, you know, a good time with a slasher movie will like it. And those who don't know the ending, I don't know. It could go either way. It sure could. I'm really excited to see what the feedback's going to be because we've actually been getting a lot of feedback Yeah, we've been increasing our listener base. How fun is that? It's so much fun. So it's super fun to go in and see who's listening and where they're from. And thank you so much to everyone who's supporting the podcast. Because we found out we have new listeners from India and Brazil and Argentina. So thank you. This is really, really awesome. We really appreciate you guys, and we also found something else out, which is very interesting. 
about Virginia. Oh, okay. So Virginia snuck up on us and account for quite a few downloads of the podcast over there in Virginia. So I don't know what's going on, but but you're you're really liking the slashers, and I love Virginia for that. I think that's great. Yes. So big thank you to Virginia as well. And we're going to keep it going, you know. Um, when we started doing this, we didn't know what would happen. But we knew that we loved these movies and that we wanted to share the love of these movies. So now we find ourselves with more listeners than we ever imagined. Oh and it's a really cool thing. We love you guys and we're not going to stop. It's so fun. And I think uh, maybe because it's summer and people have more time off, we've been seeing... Older episodes creep up the list, so that's great. If you're new to the podcast, we have uh, quite a few older episodes from Friday the 13th series, and some we did uh, Canadian slashers for a few months, actually, so um, please go back and listen to those and tell us what you think, because those are some of our absolute favorites. Yes, yes. We had such a good time doing all those, and... You know, our portfolio is growing now, yes. and we've gone to several different places, but tonight, mm-hmm. we're going to do sort of a return to form. Yeah, absolutely, because FTT, if nothing else, is uh, formulaic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Love it or hate it, Friday the 13th always is exactly what it is. The epitome of the slasher formula. We have not been here to Crystal Lake in quite some time. And now we're coming on back. Yay! And one of my favorite characters returns. And uh, a character that you and I think have very different opinions about. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm already excited. Oh my that. goodness. That's that's gonna be really fun. So so maybe we should give a little refresher because it has been quite a long time since <gasps> we've actually talked about Friday the thirteenth part four. That's right. And Friday the thirteenth part four, of all things, was our actual very first like pilot episode, if you will, episode zero. So, yeah. so because that was our favorite our favorite slasher that, that caused the name Slashers and Suits because of Crispin Glover. And mm-hmm. what happens in part four is that well, Tommy, right? What happens yes, to Tommy? Yes. Tommy Jarvis is the character that we become introduced to in part four. He's played by Corey Feldman, who you absolutely love. Yes, I do. And who I love as well. How can you not love him? No, oh, I'm a Feldman girl all the way. So we're back at Crystal Lake, and Jason just keeps on going and going and going. But something different happened this time. Mm-hmm. Corey Feldman, as Tommy Jarvis, began to study Jason. He studied his psychology. He studied his mannerisms. And he studied his look. And he ended up actually pretending to be Jason in an effort to thwart him. And ended up killing Jason at the end of the film. The best. It is so amazing. What psychological insight yeah and and for a nine-year-old to do that was was amazing and i I think it's especially fun because little jason was nine years old when he first drowned in crystal lake right that's right 
So Tommy Jarvis was able to do a perfect impersonation of him. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it actually worked. So this harkens back, of course, to Friday the 13th 2 and the stunt that Ginny pulled. Yeah, Ginny with a chainsaw. Ginny with a chainsaw. Remember when she put on the, the sweater and pretended mm-hmm. to be Jason's mama? Okay. Oh, the mama. <laughs> Pamela. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so when Ginny puts on that old blue sweater, which, by the way, we both were wearing, like, old cardigan sweaters in honor That's of right. Pamela. <laughs> it is so much fun. Ginny puts on the old sweater that Pamela was buried in. And yeah. she um, she kind of coaxes Jason by saying, like, your mother she's like you know listen jason and so it's so cool and uh and yeah Corey feldman does a very similar thing in part four which i just adored yes and i think we all do too part four was so good Mm -hmm. for so many reasons crispin (laughs) we loved it we loved Mm -hmm. it it had crispin's lover george mcfly was in friday the 13th part four Oh my god, which sneak peek our pick after FTT 5. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one right there. The next movie that we cover may or may not have another Back to the Future alumnus. Nice. Love it. That's so exciting. going to be great. Oh my goodness. So, all right. Friday the 13th 4 is how we started this podcast. Friday the 13th floor was the catalyst for what we're doing. It has a very special place in our hearts. Tonight, we're going to pick up right after the events of that film. So just for a little bit of backstory, Tommy Jarvis, having been completely traumatized by his fight with Jason and subsequently killing him, has been transferred around. From juvenile detention center to juvenile detention center. Mm. And finally, they decided that they're not making enough progress. They're transferring him to a place that in the 1980s, we used to call the Funny Farm. Ooh, and the characters here. Um, I'm definitely going to play the, you know, who's your, who would be your wife <laughs> game. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, Because I know who it is. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's extremely fun. So, Tommy Jarvis goes to the funny farm, and he starts living there. There are all of these other characters that have been committed to this institution. For whatever reason, some of them are considered insane, some of them are considered just too criminal, and some of them just have too much of a leather jacket. And a final girl who I actually think is... A very very strong character uh, there's a there's something at the end we'll get to it and it has to do with the entire character oh my goodness it's we're gonna have a lot to talk about and debate <laughs> we are gonna have so much content in this episode so Yay. i am at 13 seconds what how did you get to 13 <laughs> one i you skipped ahead when you weren't looking. You skipped... Oh, my God. Okay, hold on. That is so funny. And if you're watching on Amazon Prime, 
Um, you can get a free trial of Stars, and it's it's free with Prime. I didn't know that I was already signed up for Stars, so <laughs> I'm watching it for free. Yeah. Uh, well, not for free, but with apparently a subscription I've been paying for for like a year. <laughs> I am watching it with the free trial. Nice. And um, something tells me I may or may not cancel after this film. Well, let's see. Maybe they have more FPT sequels on Stars. That would be awesome. You know, and that's another thing. That's another thing. More and more sources online are beginning to provide slashers. Yeah, it's Amazon Prime is being crazy with it. It's all of like The Prowler, Final Exam, Sleepaway Camp. They have the good ones, okay? It's crazy how many of these movies have we watched for free since I we know. started doing it? All because of Amazon Prime. I don't know why they're getting so much love these I don't days. Know either. It's just like it's in the air, you know. And and so we want to share that love with all of you because we grew up loving these movies. Um, absolutely, we did. And for FTT Five, I could not think of a good thing to bring. Because I can't, I, it's really hard to describe this movie as one thing mm -hmm. or another, especially with the ending and, and the, the kind of craziness. So, for <laughs> FTT5, in honor of a certain character, I brought Hair Moose. Oh, Hair Moose! And you know why. <laughs> that is excellent. Okay, you know so who I'm talking about. I know exactly who you're talking about. I'm about to burst. <laughs> because I am so excited to to get to this, and I brought something. I actually brought two things, if that's okay. You brought two things. I brought two things. I was a little bit naughty. So oh, the first thing is that I cooked a batch of spinach enchiladas. Oh my god! Oh my I god! I know why. <laughs> I just remembered. Yes. Yep. So so more on that later, and then also a brand new Jason mask. Nuh-uh. A brand new one. Are you kidding me? So, by the way, what? Jason masks are still $2. Wait a second. You have a Jason mask now? Yeah. I want one. That's yeah. Nothing. $2 on Who? Amazon. Go go get it. See, that's, that's the thing about, honestly, like, just to go on another wonderful tangent here, the reason that Jason was by far the most popular of the mm -hmm. killers to be for Halloween is yeah. because the mask was so cheap. It was just a, a little plastic hockey yeah. mask. You, I mean, you put it on and just, like, pretend to be, you know, going out there like a boogeyman, and boom, you're Jason. Yeah, and it looks great. It actually looks great. It so really does. The and... Jason it is highly effective. It was it was a dollar back then. It's two dollars now. And the Freddy mask, which I was lucky enough to have as yes, a kid, that was eighty dollars back then. That was like Christmas. That yes. was you know that was a whole like birthday extravaganza. And yeah. did you ever have a Michael Myers mask? That's out there, right? That's that's too much. The, no, the Michael Myers mask. Back then, if you could even find it, was two hundred dollars in late nineteen eighties money. Yeah, that see, that's just too much. That was completely insane, and they didn't even sell them 
anywhere on the West Coast. It was That's like great. super esoteric and hard to find. Yeah. You had to get it from Illinois. Oh my God. It was crazy. That's so funny. I remember. Well, and then especially the late 80s, Freddie was kind of dominating. So you could find the sweaters, you know, kind of at like local shops even. Yeah, you could find the sweaters at the local shops. We had one of those hodgepodge stores back in the day. So it was called Corky's. Oh my god. And so it's one of those stores where you just find odds and ends and kind of alternative things and incense and practical jokes and some clothes and hats and even some vinyl records. But Fun. It, in October, it converted into a costume shop. That's right. That's right. Yes. yes. So all yep. of a sudden, it was a costume shop, and the best mask in the store, the premier mask, the one that everybody wanted, was the Freddy Krueger mask, and I was lucky enough to have one, Yeah. and it felt so good. And you had the it glove, so too. Good. Yes, the glove, too. And the sweater. So, you had. You were styling with Freddy, though. I was. I'm serious. I was. That was really, really, really great stuff. It felt really good to have. Thanks, Mom and Dad, for that. Man, I want a hockey mask now. Oh, I think you should get one. <gasps> you know what I'm going to do? Okay, because your favorite is the clean, is the pristine mask, like FTT3, right? Yeah, so you're going you're gonna to thrash it up, huh? Yeah, yeah, you knew exactly where I was going. So yeah. for, I'm going to do part four. Nice. Yes. Oh my god, that'll be so fun. And then we'll post it online, you know, check in with our Instagram followers. Thank you so much. We've had a very random <laughs> boost. We we got about a thousand people in the last few weeks following the pod. Just can't thank you enough. Uh, I love to post teaser videos um, on there for the upcoming episodes and, and just random pictures of things that we bring, like to sleepaway camp. I brought a thermos. Yes, you did. <laughs> um, that actually said thermos on it, which I thought was really funny. Um, but we do that every time. We try to, you know, have an event around each movie. So, yeah, yes, follow us we everywhere. Do. We turn it into an all-out party because that's what slashers were meant to be. Pretty much. All right, you're at 13. I am I'm at 13. Oh, 13 for the 13th. Okay. Hey. That's fun. Oh, my God. Wait a second. Hey, Sue. What's that? Guess what? What happened? Next month, August, there is a Friday the 13th. Hey, Sue. You muted yourself in your, in your shock. <laughs> hey, Sue. Come back. Oh, no. Your excitement. Oh, wait. Am I here? Yeah, your excitement muted you. Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, I just couldn't even believe that. So there's a Friday the 13th and a Saturday the 14th. Which you know has to be Sleepaway Camp Part 2. Yes, we absolutely must do that. And guess what the tagline is? <gasps> Angela's back! Angela's <laughs> back! That's my yes, Angela's back. Angela's back. So, I guess we will cover Sleepaway Camp Part 2 on uh, Saturday, 
August 14th. <gasps> Which is my birthday! And we'll scream out Angela's back and we'll drink to that. It's going to be really, really fun. That's going to be my birthday episode. In fact, we might uh, do that one live. That's insane. Yeah, we might do that one live. That so. is so fun. I can't even believe the day that it falls on. Uh, A14. And then, so Friday the 13th, we'll do part six, I imagine. Absolutely. Whoa. It's going to be great. As we'll see, we've got a lot of great stuff planned. It just keeps getting better and better. And that works for the timeline because we will be talking about the revival of slashers after April Fool's Day and, and kind of what the thinking was there to push from the early 80s conception of, of what a slasher movie was to the late 80s, very different portrayals. Yeah, yeah, we've got some very fascinating uh, genre analysis to take people through here as we come to the end of the golden age of slasher movies with this movie that we're watching tonight. And then the next movie, April Fool's Day, that was considered the death of slasher, but it wasn't because the genre was revived with Friday the 13th Part 6, which is subtitled Jason Lives. Yes, and FTT5 is really in that limbo connecting the old and the new because, as you'll see, there's something very different about this movie. Oh, there is something very different about this movie. And you know what? People really do love this or hate it. Yeah, absolutely, they do. I've never heard a neutral opinion about Friday the 13th 5. No way. It's, and, it's you know, really hard. It takes a while. Like, 20 years later, I actually really love this movie, and I did not like it at the beginning. When you I see what I'm saying? It. Yeah, it's crazy. 20 years <laughs> later. You came around 20 years later. Yeah, now I love it. 20 years later. And we watched this movie so many times I know. back in the day. I would so. say probably our two biggest, like, we would watch Slashers and Degrassi. Yes. From Canada, yes. though. Like, the 80s yes. Degrassi. The, the, they call it Degrassi old school now. Degrassi, yeah, Degrassi Junior High. Degrassi Junior High. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 1980s Degrassi was absolutely classic, and I, I loved every moment of that, and especially watching it with you. Yeah, that was the best thing ever, you broomhead. <laughs> yes. Now that's taking it back. See, I know. That's what we would do. We would watch episodes of that, and then we would watch a slasher movie. We call it Degrassi and the Slashy. Oh my god. That is <laughs> the most ridiculous thing, and I love it. Okay. <laughs> Funny. Oh, uh, well, that's fun. And oh, and to everybody who's, you know, asking about episodes uh, to be on, yes. We, we have you down, and we will be talking about which episodes would be good for um, guests, and I think that'll, that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, we're going to get to that. That's a whole other chapter. Yeah, it's a whole other thing. That's, that's going to be a new era. Right yes. now, we're on a mission. We are on a, on a mission. Right now, and we, we really, really appreciate the love and the support, mm -hmm. and just like you said, all of the people that are wanting to be on episodes mm -hmm. we got you yep we got your number yep and it's it's gonna be all good and together 
Yeah. We're gonna bring we're gonna bring back the magic to Slashers. Oh right. Okay, so I'm gonna count down and when I say play, we'll press play. Yeah. Alright, three, two, one, play. Ooh, old school paramount. Always love to see that paramount logo. I love how it was kind of shaky. Yeah, it was. <gasps> it was it look, look how quickly it starts. Oh, snap. We're right back in it. Right back in it. Yellow raincoat. Yellow raincoat, which is, um, who who was it in FTT1? Uh, Steve Christie, the owner of Camp Crystal Lake. That's right. So, yeah. homage. That is. That's a direct homage to Steve Christie. He was also part of the original OSU moment. That's right. And it was raining. And he had a flashlight. And the boots, too. The galoshes. The boots, that's right. But, oh my goodness. I, I kind of forgot like how quickly you just jump into the movie. They're coming in hot here, so we still don't actually know who this person is. I think we're about to find out. Oh my soon. god. Like, is it POV? What's going on? Is this the killer? But then, where are we? We're in a graveyard. We see a tombstone. Like, what's going on here? And in the distance, I can read the name on the tombstone. It says Jason Voorhees. Oh, look who it is. Look who it is. Look, it's our boy. It's, it's our, our boy. boy. Tommy Jarvis right here, played by Corey Feldman. And he killed Jason in part four. Yes. So whatever's happening right now, is taking place after he killed Jason, and now he's looking at the grave. What's happening? Uh-oh, we see some other people coming in with flashlights. Poor Tommy. You can tell he's just so scared and traumatized. Yeah, he's completely shaken up. So now he goes to the bushes to hide, and uh, we don't know who these guys are. Shovels. So they're up to nonsense. Oh, they're up to nonsense. So it's like the local drunk teenagers and oh they're just like hey dude let's go dig up jason for a prank okay can we talk about this music like i love ftt soundscapes or whatever they are yes ftt soundscapes right uh, <laughs> which, which really should be a station on everyone's pandora oh my god yes it's i don't i know what if it's like um Piano, keyboard, you know, found noises, like bowls maybe, but it's just really cool minor keys and it just lends itself to that spooky, ominous feeling. It, it really does. And they came in so strong with the Manfredini soundtrack on part one oh, that I, I think know. that um, soundtrack in Friday the 13th became a thing. Seriously, I wonder, because they're really good at that. Lots of background sounds to each scene. Yeah, this this movie, it already worked on a visceral okay. level because it has successfully drawn me back into the forest. Oh, and I'm in the world. I'm like, oh, I'm with Tommy. I'm with, like, what's happening? Who are these kids who don't understand that Jason, you know, is a killer? Like, what are they trying to do? We are back at Crystal Lake. Oh, look at that. Look at the worms coming out of the mask. Oh, and the... The iconic Jason sound. <gasps> oh, my God. Uh-oh. Um, Here comes a machete. Jason has a machete, and he's coming out of the grave. 
Uh-oh, machete-o. <laughs> oh, look at the Michael Myers sit-up. Look at that. He, he did the sit-up. He did he the sit-up. That was such an homage That's another thing. By this time in the 80s, Freddie, Jason, and Michael were all giving each other props. That's so cool. How cool is that, though? Like, they were the big three, but instead of dissing each other, like a lot of things might do, like the top sports teams Ugh, or perhaps the top recording artists, they might get into this war, right? Mm-hmm. But the top three horror movies of the time, they gave each other love. Oh, I love that so much. And look at this, though. Like, is it Jason? Like, is, is Jason just alive out of nowhere? Like, poor is Tommy. He- What's happening? you see what i'm saying about the music (laughs) it's really epic and i actually still can't tell what's going on which is a really big plus oh favorite mask oh my god Corey feldman is my favorite take your time jason raises the machete oh (gasps) slow-mo It was a dream. And it was all a dream. It was all a dream. And the tip-off, by the way, that we got that it was a dream is that slasher movie villains do not actively kill kids on That is right. That simply does not happen. Freddy has a lot of that in his prehistory, but we don't actually have those kind of acts on screen. That's correct. So. Oh, Instagram. He's a little bit older than he was in the dream so he's aged several years he's a teenager now and he's being transported to what used to be called the funny farm it's basically a ranch house off the freeway in the middle of nowhere where disturbed teenagers live together in an attempt to be rehabilitated rehabilitated like a new beginning exactly rehabilitated like a new beginning heck yeah and I love the visual effects that just happened. So do I. With the map, it spun around a little bit. Um, as music. We go through the, uh, as we go through the credits, I see a lot of players from the previous films. So. Oh my goodness! And like, really what awesome. is happening with the music right now? It's like it's like strings. I maybe a trombone, maybe a trumpet. It's so yes. cool. <laughs> they have a full-on orchestral happening here oh that is so cool to integrate the theme music into the orchestra score and special appearance by Corey feldman we i have to say like he was filming the goonies right around now you know this is right as feldman is gonna you know just be the little cutie that he came Mm -hmm. to be dominating Mm -hmm. the 80s the Corys. Um, So I do, I wish he could have been in it longer. Um, Me too. As we saw Tommy Jarvis when he woke up from his dream older. So can I talk about my issue? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here we go. I love it. So (laughs) when we were watching this before for the mesmerized run through, there's something about him that I don't know what it is. It's like he's this Brad Pitt wannabe Beverly Hills. Mm. <laughs> like, 
blonde, combed. I don't know. I don't know what my deal is with him, but I'm having that reaction that I get sometimes. You also thought that he was a British guy pretending to be American. Okay. Here's the thing, Heisu. One of my pet peeves. <laughs> when they're British and they're they're using the American accent, but it's like overly clear, overly enunciated. Yes. And yeah. I, but but that wasn't my problem. My problem was he has, to me, like this pompous vibe of a British actor pretending to be American. So he's not. what we we concluded that he's an American pretending to be a British pretending to be American. <laughs> Absolutely, and that something about that really rubs me the wrong way. Yes, it does. Which and, which really makes me have a lot of fun with this. I know. <laughs> and we were texting because it was it was actually really bothering me for a while. Yes, it sure was. And... It sure was. We talked it through though. <laughs> okay, but what happened when I sent you the picture of what's his face? The British actor, by the way, pretending to be American, from The Princess Bride. Who did yeah. you think it was? I thought it was Tommy Jarvis. See? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it looked exactly the same. Mr. So, Blonde Boy from Princess Bride? Old Ash here wearing the opinions on Tommy Jarvis on her sleeve. <laughs> They're very strong, which is great. And and he hasn't even spoken yet, so I, I love this. <laughs> I, I love this. So we've got a whole backstory for him. Yep. Now, notice the collar, by the, the way. The collar. On, on the woman who just came out to talk. Uh, she's got a collar shirt. Let's get a collar ID on that. Um, Collar ID, what do we think when we see the girl come out with the collar? We must think that she's the final girl. Yay! So, and she's like part of the the institute she obviously has some kind of authority there and i i do think that's really cool just the pure dynamic that she chose to work here uh yes yes so now we have officially met the team we're meeting the team right now um so these two people right here run this whole place by themselves and they do it because they really want to reach out to the kids I just love it. And there might be some kind of romantic involvement between our girl and the director here. But that goes back to part one. Yes, it certainly does. That's a motif that we often find. And it is reminiscent of uh, Ginny mm -hmm. and the director of Crystal Lake in Friday the 13th Part 2. Mm-hmm. As well as Annie and Steve Christie from part one. Yep. And we get a little bit of it in part three, even though that's a whole other story. Oh, we certainly do. Oh my goodness. All right, so Tommy has completed his intake. He's about to get the tour, and this is going to be his home now for a while. He's going to live here. Oh my goodness. This guy's cool. Look at those boots. Yeah, this guy is, is really cool. He's got a great heart, and he really wants to help these kids because this is like their last chance. Aww. So he's trying to reach them. They they bring these kids to him, and they basically tell him, look, these kids have no hope. Mm. 
and he begs to differ. And I love their approach. You know, he's saying, oh, they've given him so many drugs at all these different places. Like, let's see who, just who this guy is. Exactly. They kept it real. And here we go. Tommy is in his new bedroom, and he's looking at a photograph of his mother and sister, who we met in Friday the 13th 4. Uh, Trish, who's one of my favorite final girls, and I think one of the most underrated final girls. Thank you very much. Certainly. Because she she's cool. Oh yeah, she's wonderful. We're we're big Trish fans for sure. Trish, come on, Trish, and especially after the final girl in three controversial, um, I think Trish really helped to bring it back. Definitely. Definitely. So, Tommy has a knife for some reason? Yeah, he's uh, definitely ready to defend himself if need be. He's got it under his bed. And here comes one of the greatest characters, <laughs> Reggie the Reckless. Reggie the Reckless. And Reggie the Reckless. The spider actually scared me for a second. I know, that was effective. Oh, I love him. Uh, he's so when he's a little bit older, he was in a lot of other like eighties, early nineties shows. You might recognize him from a few episodes of Family Matters. Oh my god, that scared me. <laughs> <laughs> so Tommy still has his hobby. Remember he makes masks. Mm-hmm. And he was actually really good at it. Oh my god. That was so funny. So this is actually a fun little friendship here. Look how cute. And those were probably Savini masks, yeah, from part four. Yes, 100%. Tom Savini, the legendary makeup artist. Shout out. So I am a big fan of the Reggie and Tommy dynamic. Oh, absolutely. His first friend here at his new home. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw down something at the end here with a dynamic I think that should have been, I think it, sh it should be Reggie. Ooh. I think it should be Reggie's movie right here. So I'm just gonna say it right now. I, I can go along with that for mm. sure. I think he did a hell of a job and I would love to have seen him in the main role. If he was just a couple years older. I know. That would have been great stuff. And by the way, Reggie is here because his grandfather is the cook. That's right. His grandfather is the cook. So he's not a quote-unquote inmate. Right. Uh, but he hangs out here for the summer. Oh, who do we have now? Ah, Oppity Dippity Hippity. Oh, Officer Dippity Hippity. Yes, Officer Dippity Hippity. <laughs> and we always wow. have our sheriff, don't we? Yes, we do. And in true Friday the 13th tradition, uh, he is quite the goofball. He's talking out of one side of his mouth only. One side of his mouth. Oh, I thought he said hippity, but it was deputy. <laughs> yes. So they picked up two of the kids who live here at the Funny Farm. They're um, a couple. They're a couple... They were just too reckless on Friday nights 
they partied too much, and so they somehow got caught up in the justice system and ended up here. Yep. My theory is that they got caught, and instead of going to jail, they pleaded something to get them here, or their lawyer did. Yes. Oh my god. So here we have our very interesting neighbors. Ethel. <gasps> the loony binomo. And why is she southern? Out of nowhere. Here we have our southern trope. Yes. Um, who is that? You tell them, Mark. And so they kind of remind me of Pete's dragon. The oh my god. Dragon. There was like the crazy <gasps> southern mom and then her son. Aww. You're so funny. Ooh. Stay out of her farm. Uh-oh. Don't you come near me, Sheriff. I got a bomb okay. on me. I got a bomb. So, these are the angry neighbors, and they do not like the fact that these people are here on their property. They consider this their land. Uh, they built this place on their land. And now they're sort of at odds with them. And they also don't agree with what they're doing. They think everyone there is crazy. Well, they they don't like them around their parts. On their farm. Yes. Gotta keep the kids off the property. We oh, no. Our, southern, our southerners <laughs> are strong in this one, too. It's... Oh, I can't stop. You know that. I know. I'm loving it, too. <laughs> so, does the sheriff know? Because he said, I heard you got that Jarvis boy. Yeah, so the sheriff knows exactly who Tommy is, and everyone thinks that he's beyond hope and beyond help because, mm. you know, of his encounter with Jason when he was a child. So he's got the deck stacked against him. Right. And uh, no one really believes in him, so it's going to be really rough for him. Now, here comes a couple of other characters. The guy chopping wood uh -uh. is a really angry dude. And then the guy who just came out eating a chocolate bar is pretty darn lovable. I do love him. And that would that is me, by the way, with chocolate bars in my pocket. Does he kind of remind you of Shelly's little brother? I was totally going to say, he is absolutely a Shelly. He's a <laughs> Shelly from Friday the 13th Part 3. With the hair, who's Shelly, definitely in our top 10 runs, runners. Oh, definitely mm -hmm. top 10 runs. Absolutely. Um, you know, I actually did have chocolate chocolate bars in my, in both pockets. Like, the one pocket, it melted, and then there was, like, dry chocolate all over the pocket. So I switched it to the left side pocket, but then I forgot about it, and it melted, and now that pocket's full of chocolate. <laughs> As the world turns. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, so, that was a very, very good update. And <laughs> one by one, we're meeting our characters. We're actually going to have a full suite, by the way. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a nice full suite of characters. Uh, the two chicks doing laundry, they're both 
considered crazy, so they live here too. One of them has a really cool Sony Walkman. Yeah. And she's a music lover. She loves music. We're going to see more from her later for sure. She's like kind of the goth influence, like new wave chick. Yeah. Um, like a Susie and the Banshees type of girl. Yeah. And yeah. She's a goth leaning new wave chick. Yes. And then the girl on the left is more preppy, and I forgot what her deal is. Yeah. Yeah. She's got a deal. So right now, this dude is trying to offer the guy chopping wood some chocolate. He's being really innocent, but they're having some dysfunctional interactions because obviously they're interacting on a funny farm. And oh, uh, no. he keeps he keeps badgering him, and this doesn't look like it's going to go well. Oh my god, I'm so nervous about this axe right now. Yeah, so the guy chopping wood, he's uh, looking oh. pretty serious. Oh, come he on. Says, uh, he tells him to leave him alone. Come on, turn around, walk away, walk away, little boy, walk away, oh my god, come on, oh no, oh. oops, so, okay, we have a first here. This is yes. extremely important. We have a slasher first. This is the first time that someone has been killed by someone who is not the killer. Yep. That wasn't so, Jason. That yep. was just some guy. That was just some guy who lived here. They got into an altercation, and he just chopped him up. And that's that. And there's no reason. There's no explanation. Because, you know, again, they're living in a, in a house for disturbed mm. teenagers. He's disturbed. Therefore, this happened. So and really messed up. Uh, obviously, nobody's going to know what to do here. And the sheriff is saying there's nobody really to notify. He was orphaned, and now he just was on the farm, and that's it. Exactly. So this came as a total shock to everyone. And it's worth noting that a lot of them witnessed that happen. Mm-hmm. So that won't be doing them any favors. Um, absolutely not. And all right, guys. So it's quite a uh, quite a gruesome scene. Uh, the dude got hacked up pretty good. And, oh uh, no! One of the paramedics is a total asshole, and the other one is uh, very sympathetic and and freaked out. When. He He's just bending over the body. So who is that Blaine? That blonde little Blaine? Exactly. He's the blonde little Blaine. Yeah. I mean, the, he's being the so insensitive. <laughs> the VLB is being so insensitive. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So these two paramedics could not possibly have um, oh, no. more radically different personalities. So Roy, the other paramedic, looked a bit disturbed. He was extremely disturbed by what he just saw. So that's so now fascinating. To, uh, some greasers. Oh my god, the greasers! This is my <laughs> this is my favorite because obviously they're you know thirty years late. <laughs> yes. And again, with that kind of fifties eighties connection, we that's have. Right. Yeah, we have real greasers here. 
with the leather jackets and they're from Jersey, I think. I'm not sure, but I'm about to start doing the accent. <laughs> so I think they just got here in the DeLorean. Oh my god. Continually transports fifties people into eighties slashers. I think so. We've seen a lot of this, and here we go again. We've got two straight out of nineteen fifty-five greaser dudes. It's Friday night. The car broke down. They're having very colorful language, uh, which is quite entertaining. <laughs> I okay, but Vinny, did you hear him? That's a good line when he said, "I think." You know, the the people in the loony bin should be killed off one by one. I, come on. That's just, that's fun. Yeah, some great tongue-in-cheek self-referential stuff happening here. Mm-hmm. And so, now, you're going to, this is your long. least favorite, though. That's true. Right? And, and this movie has a few of those, like, outhouse scenes. Yeah, I have a pet peeve about that. I kind of mm -hmm. don't like to see the the bathroom scenes i know but will he even make it hmm walking in the woods alone nice uh building of the tension funny jump scare. i love a good jump scare there <laughs> what is this? it <laughs> oh his hat um oh who is this <gasps> Someone just lit a flare. And um, it tells me that it's not Vinny. And we have Jason's theme music going on. Ooh, flare to the mouth. And that was a really cool effect. It lit up his head. Ew. So it, it looks like Jason is back now. And it. Reminds me of the happy birthday to me scene at the fireplace with the skewer. Ooh, that's true. It does. That was like the ultimate homage to that kill. Yeah. Which was legendary. Oh, absolutely. One of my favorites. It's going to be top 10. Yeah, we're going to have to do that. The top 10 kills. That's going to be in an upcoming episode when we do our top 10s of everything. That's right. We have a lot of them now. We have a lot of material to work with. I know. So, what's going to happen now? Uh, the car finally got started, but uh-oh, machete to the throat. Machete to the throat. You never got to check the back of the car, guy. Uh-oh, machete-o. Uh-oh, <laughs> machete-o. Also, <laughs> that guy was doing what I like to do, is just like randomly sing about whatever it is you're doing. Oh, you do that all the time. I know. It just comes out. Yes. Start the car, car not starting. <laughs> oh, you've been, you've been doing that for quite a long time now. Oh my god. I always enjoy it. Uh-oh. So, look at this. Uh, Tommy is having some flashbacks now, and he's pretty disturbed still. He's hearing the voices in his head from Friday the 13th Part 4, the events that took place during his final confrontation with Jason. So look, he's still haunted by this. He's not over it. Definitely not over so, it. He's having a hard time. So he's got some pills. And I guess that these are uh, quote-unquote antipsychotics. <gasps> so he's taking those. He's actually seeing Jason. So he's having uh, hallucinations too. 
some pretty strong visuals. Jason was in the background, but he's not really there. Now, no. let's cut to a pretty regular scene. They're setting the table, and they're all going to have breakfast together. Oh my goodness, I love the grandpa and Reggie. Well, this is this is probably the best dynamic in the whole film right here. We, we've got Reggie and his grandfather, who is a really good-hearted cook. Uh. And he loves all the kids as well. So they have an excellent staff of people who are perfectly suited to help rehabilitate Oh, Reggie the Reckless. So and and also, let's talk about how Reggie is fully integrated here, and how he is friends mm-hmm. with all of these "quote unquote" disturbed teens, right? Yeah. So Reggie Reggie is this little kid, and he's just staying here for the summer. Whereas all of these inmates, they're here because they've been committed, and it is assumed. Mm-hmm that they are beyond help, yet they all love Reggie, and you can see the humanity in them all. So perhaps we feel that they've been misjudged or misunderstood. Aww. Oh my god, I love the punker. She's so cool. Aww. He really so is. They have to take away the place setting because of the boy. That was morbid. So they just set one too many places at the table because they set a place for the guy who just got killed. And And it wasn't on purpose. No, but it's sad. And the guy who stutters is, he, he seems to be pretty compassionate. Yeah, the stuttering guy has a huge heart. And look who's at the head of the table, like each side. Our girl who had a collar, and then the director. Yeah, and they really care for these people. I, I like that. They're like the mom and dad. They really are, and this is this is kind of a family. Yeah. This is good stuff here. Good stuff. So they're trying to deal with um, life, you know, move on after they all just witnessed a gruesome murder. Yeah. Of someone they knew. Here comes Tommy for the first um, community breakfast. Oh, God. Oh, this guy. He needs to be surfing on a surfboard in Malibu. Look at this, though. Someone is going to test it, and he's going to wish he didn't. Uh Uh-oh. Music. Oh, stop Stop touching him. Jesus. Yeah. So the rest oh of it is getting a little too physical. Um, Look at Tommy. Tommy's not having it at all. Whoa, Tommy knows karate. <laughs> oh my god. So he has to be calmed down. To not Tommy like... is not having it. Ew. And, and look at this. This this was kind of a, a weird cut they just did. So... They, they cut to the beheading of a chicken. Ew. With more chickens hanging in the background. Oh, my God. He, oh, my God. What's your name? so insane. Ethel? Ethel. Okay. So, Ethel. Yeah. 
she's got her son. Her son's name is Junior. Mm -hmm. They live right next door. And get this. The Funny Farm is in Illinois. I, this oh property God. is 20 feet away, and yet we are in Mississippi now. Yeah. It's the best stew. Best <laughs> stew ever, Ma. Oh, my Green, God. Some, some rat soup. <sighs> I love it, though. She picks up her gun to... She's got a, a double-barrel shotgun, courtesy of Elmer Fudd. Yes. To just and some... Who is the he? The Stranger. The Stranger. So... When we see a stranger randomly appear, mm -hmm. what might that signal? Hmm. So, we often talk about the Loomis character. Nice. We often talk about the Loomis character. And, of course, we get that from Dr. Loomis in Halloween. He's sort of this character who is an aid to the protagonist. Yay! Someone who knows what's going on. Someone who is fighting the same fight for whatever reason. Or someone yeah. who's, just, who's just here to help. A guardian angel, if you will. Hi! I like how she's... I mean, I don't like it, but the way that she's chopping is hilarious. Yeah, she's quite spirited. And actually, I think that her character works really well here. Oh! Okay, and just... just saying interesting um dialogue here with roy and the sheriff the sheriff asks what's going on and roy says you're talking to me fascinating yeah there's a lot of confusion in the air mm -hmm. no one really knows what to think <sighs> maniac on the loose they just did another tongue-in-cheek reference <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool they, they keep almost looking at the camera yep. and giving us these wink-wink things, right? Oh my god, what they is happening? A maniac is on the loose. Now cut to a dude. Uh, he's pulling up to the diner slash watering hole slash roadhouse. Oh he does some donuts in the parking lot. He thinks he's really cool. Uh, those look really fun. Right. <laughs> Oh my god, Lana to go with nothing on her. Okay, that is funny. That was a really good line. So Lana is the waitress. She's our Dolores. Um, she's not fully fleshed out, no. if you will, although he would beg to differ. Uh -huh. We're only going to get a little bit of this dynamic, but this is actually really good stuff here because this is classic Friday the 13th stuff here. It's some comic relief. Um, and his name is Billy, which is our right. name for anything 80s awesome. So, how about Billy. the way that they just came out of nowhere and now we have these characters who have nothing to do with anything, right? Yep. Yep. They have nothing to do with anything, but now they're part of the whole scene here. <laughs> it's showtime. That is so ridiculous. <laughs> she is a little balloon. She is a balloon. She's digging herself in the mirror. The dude is uh, preparing for a fun evening, um, getting the lines of coke ready. He he has Whoa. a very interesting thing in his vehicle, by the way. Do you see that beer holder? That's right. How interesting is that? You you will never see that after the 80s. Jeez, Ever. You no. have a beer holder in your vehicle? That's a $900 ticket minimum. 
Whoa, definitely not wanting to be doing that. Yeah, so he's got a Budweiser open. <laughs> oh my god, this is hilarious. She clearly, I mean, I think the balloon is just being popped a little bit. Like, her head seems to be losing some brain cells every second. <laughs> 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 That's great. Just a yeah. smidge. <laughs> harkening, harkening back to the House on Sorority Row episode that we did. Remember where we first identified the balloon character? Yes, our airhead character. Our air and you said that you could literally hear <laughs> the air leaking out of her head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this girl's not quite that much of a balloon. There is no other like standard of a balloon than a house on Sorority Road balloon. <laughs> oh, absolutely. She is that the, the gold just... standard balloon. She's the goddamn Goodyear blip. She really is. There's no one who can surpass that, I think. But this chick is is doing a good job. Yeah. So here's her man. Uh, his name is Billy. He's one of these rock and roll guys who he just got off his shift as a plumber and uh, he's uh, got a couple lines up his nose and he's ready to go. <gasps> oh! Um, but guess what? So excuse me? is ready to go too. Yikes. So all of a sudden, um, axe to the head? Axe to the head. Random axe of violence. Okay. Whoa! That's so awkward. that just happened. Billy is no more. Here oh, comes balloon. The way that she runs, even I know I that know. was terrible. What is happening to her limbs? I just don't know if they're connecting to her brain. She's auditioning for <laughs> Balloon Does Ohio. Yes, so, she is. Yeah. Yes, that's <laughs> like exactly. that's the role. That's literally the role mm -hmm. she's trying to get here. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. So she uh, she considered she like she took this role because she thought it would get her to the bigger and better places. Yeah, uh, that did not happen. Okay, so we've got uh, some cocaine on the floor. Whoa! No sign of Billy. Well, tells me that Jason might be close by. Food. <gasps> On the ground. <laughs> oh my god. Get out of the car. It's called Open the Door, hun. Uh-oh. She, she didn't know how to open the car door. Oh, she really didn't. <laughs> Uh-oh. Axe to the belly. Whoops. Oh, can you, can you even imagine signing up for Friday the 13th in hopes that you score a role in a porn? I mean, that's clearly what she's doing. And there's another one who does that as well, if you remember. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. There, that is it's literally what some of them do. Yeah. And, and, and when you see that happening, you just have to say to yourself, what a world. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey. Is he seeing Jason for real? Is this real or is it a hallucination? What do you think about that? I think that one was real. 
Okay, so we always come to this point where there's been three or four hallucinations. Yeah. And then one that happens to be real. So I'm going to go ahead and agree because I think that's real. Yeah, I think so too so, because we just yeah. saw him. Yeah, so, so I think that Jason is officially back now. So Jason is back. And now that's we've got uh, some more comedy relief here. This guy's the mayor. Yay. Look at this guy. He's such a mayor. He has a tie clip. Small town man. And what so the, di the dynamic here is that the mayor mm -hmm. is in charge of the law enforcement because this was still the 80s. Oh, wow. So there were people who actually had more power back then than cops. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. And the mayor was one of them. So, so he's technically their boss. And so he's reprimanding them for not finding a suspect. And this is going to get into some classic political shady stuff because he needs a suspect to placate the people. Yep. So he wants them to go out and arrest somebody. Just arrest somebody. Bring me a suspect. Oh, no. And they're saying it's Jason Voorhees. It's Jason. It's got to be Jason. And but, they're right. But the mayor is saying uh, Jason's dead. It can't be. So this sheriff is going to have to battle. Uh-oh. Oh, he means business. The mayor is intense. Yeah. All right. So now back at the house, we have our balloon two. Balloon two. Balloon two. But before we go too far in that, because I know how far we're going to go in that. Seriously. Um, I want to say one thing about the sheriff. Oh, yeah. Because I called him deputy hippity, dippity dippity or whatever I call dippity, him. Dippity, yes. But I just realized that from the side profile, he reminds me of a bird. So I'm going to call him Deputy Dodo. Deputy Dodo might be a contender for potato head hair. He might be. So also, let's keep track of that. He's our first contender. And I think we both know who our second contender is going to be. Um, we haven't met him yet. Absolutely, we do. Ah. Are you kidding but me? for now, Deputy Dodo. Now, if you were going to lift... Deputy Dodo's hairpiece out of his head hole. <laughs> and flop and it on a potato head. Yes. It would be perfect. What would you what would you replace that hairpiece with? Oh. You know what I would do with that one? D Snyder. <laughs> Twisted scissors. Whoa. The long blonde like curls on that guy. The quaff. I, I know. I could never unsee it now. I know. You do that to me often. Now now I'll never get away with not seeing that in my head. I know, because I just <laughs> picture him. It's the eyebrows. Like, he's all serious. But I think if he did some spins and then turned into D. Snyder, like in that one music video. That is so incredibly fun. <laughs> so we, we've got some POV shots. Jason is in the woods. Uh, uh, we've got our couple in the woods. They're smoking some pot. And they keep getting caught in the woods by the southerners. Oh, but look, they're caught by the stranger. Uh-oh. 
So the stranger is, is a very interesting character. By the way, this harkens back to the old westerns. He's the guy who just blew into town, and he he said he'll work for food and stuff. We don't know what he's really about though. This could go either way. Yeah, what is he doing? Oh, oh, well, he, he's doing nothing now. <laughs> he's doing nothing because Jason just got him. Uh -oh, and so, what was the stranger's role? To be a red herring? To be? Whoa. Um. Oh. <laughs> the hmm. So, blink and you miss it. Twenty seconds later. Twenty seconds later, in the never-ending legacy <laughs> of premature ejaculation. This in is Slasher. so funny. Like, her, okay, she's obviously auditioning for some balloon to electric boobaloo. <laughs> right. Right, balloon two, electric boobaloo. Yep. <laughs> you said best. So <laughs> would be the is, first. <laughs> this is her audition, just like balloon number one. Oh my god. They literally came to the set oh to film this movie in hopes that they would get a role in the part. I think so. Is that crazy? Like, don't you agree that this is what's happening with them? Ooh. 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 Hey, top ten. Top 10 Top 10. Mm -hmm. That's insanity. So that noise. They also, that was very heavily censored. Oh, yeah, of course. Very heavily censored. So they cut away from that. There's no way they ever could have shown that. Um, yikes. The clippers to the eye. Black. Oh my god, it's so insane. That's nasty. And then, and then not only did he stick the clippers in to her eyes, but he uh, closed them. Oh, and oh, and the sound effects! Shout out slasher sound effects. I I'm totally obsessed with how the sounds are made after the movie's filmed, and so there are people who bring yeah. their you know bag of tricks, and they're like slapping some chickens around to get that sound that we hear. Exactly, we got the two-bit Roblo as well. Yes, that's who he is. The two-bit Roblo. We'll call him Rob High. Ew. Uh oh! Oh, we got callback to what FTT one? Hey, it's the return of the thirty foot arm. Yep, that <laughs> go all the way around the tree. So Jason reaches up and around a tree and uh, does another legendary kill. These are actually pretty good, I gotta tell you. Yeah, I almost forgot FTT five has an interesting use of cutaway and then post makeup art. Right. And how about the creativity here? Yeah. Like these kills, remember how in one through four, a lot of them were recycled? Yes. But then these are so inventive. So, so I, they, I really, yeah. I oh. do like that a lot. And they actually had a decent makeup artist. I think so too. And I think it's a good use of cutting away for the actual, you know, kill, but then showing post. And I think, you know, whoever had to follow Tom Savini obviously wanted to try to do it right. Exactly. And look here. Look at our couple, our our very noble couple here. Hmm. Look at the double collars. Okay. Yep. You see that? Check that out. They are, you, they're never going to die. Collars. We got our collars. 
Alrighty. Tommy, Tommy's having a moment here by himself, and don't you love their attempt to reach him and make a connection? Yeah, but Tommy is so emo. I know, you hate him. <laughs> <laughs> you hate him. Oh, I don't quite hate him like that, but no. I, I really get a kick out of your hatred for him. He's... It, it, it makes the movie so much better for me <laughs> because it's funny. <laughs> He's just like, oh. I mean, I understand, but it's it's the way that he wants to be, you know, George Clooney. Right. Right. So so now this is actually an extremely important scene because our three people in this truck, we now have what we call tritagonists. Nice. And that's how we're gonna go on from here for the rest of this movie. Yep. We we essentially we have three protagonists and they're all gonna work in unison. Now our first stop here um, is at a trailer park with a hip neon sign that says trailer park. It's like they're coming to some disco, and I don't know where this trailer park is, but it's clearly the coolest one. Yes. <laughs> Who has a neon sign? Demon. Okay, so Reggie's big brother, his name is Demon. And check it out. This okay. Is Jerry Curl, motorcycle, like, hard rock prince. This is Demon. He's Rick James, Prince, Michael Jackson, mm -hmm. and Evander Holyfield all at the same time. Seriously. And oh, he loves his little brother. And what did he say? Have an enchilada, man. Oh, the legendary enchiladas, which is why I made some enchiladas for this episode. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> because that line always kind of made us chuckle. I know, that's so funny. Because he, he has an interesting assortment of fast food to offer his little brother. He has a taco, an enchilada, there's some french fries in there. Which is like, you did you go to three different places? That's yeah. so random. That assortment is just the funniest thing ever. And can we please point out that he randomly lives in this trailer park? Oh, Jesus. Only in this movie would he survive at a trailer Only park. Only in this movie would he survive in a trailer park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and That's do you love... The magic of Bollywood. Uh, all of the other residents aren't uh, knocking on his door with slurs. Yeah, exactly, and burning crosses. Yep. So, so we thank Friday the Thirteenth <laughs> for their progressive vision. Yes, we do, and I love his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love her that too. Little man. Oh, okay. Actually, she's going to be a contender for who you would be with. Uh, yes, she's definitely a contender. But is that fair though? Because isn't that too easy? Well, that's too easy because it would just be her. But yeah. in this situation, I love her the most. Yeah. Well, yeah, she, she counts. She counts for that, so we'll put her in the running. Yeah. But I, I, I expect to hear a good argument on your part for other people, too. Oh, uh, that's coming. <laughs> oh, my God. This southerner. 
All right, so this guy, his name is Junior, and he is the most despicable human being in the movie right mm -hmm. here. He's, he's a terrible, terrible person. Uh, he rides his motorcycle instead of a helmet. He wears one of those early 1900s airplane mm -hmm. aviator helmets. God. And he thinks that Tommy is loony. Like, um, the irony. And look at this. He's physically assaulting him. Be careful, Junior. He's, he's twice his age. Oh my god. Uh-oh, but... Check this out, though. Look, Tommy. At, look, at how the, look at how the camera pulls back for the fight scenes. We have actual stunt doubles. Like, all of a sudden, um, he studied with Bruce Lee out of nowhere. Look at this. Oh my god. Twice his weight as well. I mean, really? Genuine fight yeah. We're going to have to do some research on this. Oh my god. And look at this though. Because the way that, that she runs out, I totally don't even remember her name. Not a good sign. Um, I don't either. I was hoping you would. No, and that's that's the thing we're going to get into. But as she runs oh. out, doesn't she look like Trish? Yeah, she looks exactly like Trish. And I thought that was an interesting choice to have her come run out and scream Tommy. And he looked at her and for a second, it was ftt4 with trish yelling tommy when he's hitting jason it was it was exactly the same theme yes it was yes it was and and how endearing is this family dynamic right here oh with reggie and his brother yeah. uh oh it's those damn enchiladas <laughs> and also she's his mother figure oh, you know? oh the best run best run so, so look at this top ten, top ten runs right here, um, figuratively and literally. <laughs> and here we go with another one of my pet peeves: oh, the dark, no. darn bathroom scene. And it's the outhouse of all places, but it's the funniest. I think he's hilarious. Oh my god! Uh oh, someone's rattling the outhouse. <laughs> oh my That's God. my favorite nursery rhyme, too. <laughs> <laughs> His girlfriend's rattling it. Just laughing. Wait, will you sing that again? Mm. <laughs> no, because... <laughs> You're gonna get it, bitch. Someone's rattling the outhouse. <laughs> I love how mad he gets and turns into... Oh, my God. Gosh, she's still on the toilet. I, I really... I don't know why. Is it just me who doesn't like the bathroom scene? Or do you feel the same way? I think it's more funny because it's kind he, of they're singing a love song while he's in the outhouse. And she's like, I mean, this is ridiculous. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, hey, baby. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Like, he's in the outhouse. <laughs> oh, look at look at him, too. How, how mid-80s is... The one earring in the left ear only. Oh, and do you love that both of our choices ended up being about demon? I brought hair mousse because I don't have hair gel, and you yeah. brought enchiladas. Like, we both yes. zeroed in on demon. Well, we have to. Look at him. How funny is that? <laughs> oh, you're gonna get a bunch. Her son <laughs> the way he says it is my favorite. He's, uh... he, he's... Somehow lovable. I know. Even though he's so jive. 
he's jive. <laughs> yeah, we usually, we're pretty strict about that. We don't usually yeah. give a pass nope. to these nope. jive-ass characters. Nope. But every, every now and then, one slips through the cracks and becomes lovable, you know? And we yeah. don't like the jive, we don't like the jive stuff for, nope. for obvious reasons. Well, because you know? they're writing the characters like this, you know, to be, to be jive, to yeah. entertain, entertain the folks. So in, in general, this wouldn't be, you know, this wouldn't be cool with us. This would be considered black in blackface, which is 100% not cool for the most part. However, however, this particular instance, he has that charisma. magic thing called charisma, charisma. which somehow transcends everything and makes a person lovable. Yes, it does. If I may say. Now, here is another person that we haven't met. Wait. Oh! Oh, here we go. He was... Wait, who? Where is Tommy? Where is Tommy? Wait a second. I don't know where Tommy is. All of a sudden, Are I totally forgot. Who's this I am? Wait a second. Who's looking for who? <laughs> <laughs> I got so confused all of a sudden because I was so into Reggie and Demon. What is the girl's name? Not the goth, but the other one. Is, I, is don't, she, I don't know. Like, do you know who she is? Because I thought she was new just now. But I know that we've seen her. I think no. that she was breakfast table. We've seen her. She was, I, was she the one who was in that preppy sweater next to Susie, Susie Sue over here? Um, when they were hanging laundry? Do you think? Yeah. Okay, so she's all over the board. Okay, and now Junior's just taking out his anger with his little motorbike because Oh, he got the bastard, and so he's got a big tough and all the motorbike. Look, he has braces on too. Oh my god, he's got to be tough. And she has neck bones in the chicken soup bowl. Ew, she's spitting it. I love how hillbilly they make these characters. I know they are so hillbilly. It's pretty funny, like. To go from demon to the hillbillies is amazing. Right, right. Except, and we're we're gonna get accused of hypocrisy, by the way, for accepting this portrayal. Uh, well, we all know there. why. <laughs> However, um, this is not nearly as damaging. So, um, it's not damaging at all. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody <laughs> would show up there. Mm-hmm. about these guys, they're just. Come in for the stew. You are so good at the accent. I think oh, no. that we need to start a new segment. Oh no. Where we do like five minute things of you in different regional accents. No. I can't but help it. Done, I forget. You've done such a good job over the course of this podcast. You know, You know how you know that you're good at this? You've done several different versions of Southern. It, there I, are different versions. You, you've done Louisiana before, <laughs> you've done Mississippi, and you've done North Carolina, and oh. I can tell the difference. Oh my god, that is so funny. 
Yeah, and I, you did Raleigh, you did Chalmette. Chalmette. The, okay, we got a uh, final exam, by the way. You, for anyone who's interested in some, like, my favorite Southern sheriff, like, the trio of the Southern who come out of nowhere, final exam. No! Yeah. Final exam? Yes, final exam. <laughs> oh, oh, and by the way, Junior was beheaded. Yes, by the way, Junior was beheaded, <laughs> as every good story begins. I'm just saying, because I never liked him. And how 1985 is she right now? Um, oh my god, I was going to <laughs> say, we have officially begun 80s awesomeness with yeah, wardrobe I mean and music. It's, it's insanity. It's like a year and a half ago in Friday the 13th, everyone was in bell bottoms. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden, it's eight pounds of hairspray, yep. sweaters tied around the neck, shoulder pads, mm -hmm. and a distinctly 80s spring in the step. Oh, the spring in the step and the music, which we'll get to with Suzy Sue character. Yes, we've. Oh my God! And, and I know, I know. That's you know what's coming. <laughs> so yes, how about that spring in the step? Though, do you agree that the spring step? You think that she's bringing the pep with the spring in the step? She is bringing the pep, and I like her, and I wish I could remember her name. I know. I I was again hoping that she would say her name because I forgot it too and for the uh, record this is a bad thing. That's a problem. This is a problem so that's going to affect our rating because mm -hmm. we don't even know her name and it's not our fault. It's nope. hers. Oh dear. I miss Mullet. I like her Mullet. How about that Mullet? Oh, and what's her we never find out her deal. No, she's just here because she's crazy. And it never gets explained. Oh. You know you know what's morbid? He's Jake. here because he stutters. I know. That's really Is awful. is that like as thick as it gets? It is. <laughs> and this is this is realistic by the way. At, at these quote unquote funny farms across America in nineteen eighty five, people were here because they couldn't hear out of one ear or Oh. One of their fingers was too short. You know, any excuse to label someone as different. And I want to say FTT5 right here with this whole dynamic, which is one of my absolute favorite situations, like a hospital type friends in a like right. a group home, because that because nightmare goes that way, and I and I love that. Um, I would say this is the most sympathetic Friday the Thirteenth. By leaps and bounds. Mm -hmm. By leaps and bounds. And this dude right here is the most sympathetic character in the history of the franchise. And I would say that in all Friday the 13th, they're, the kids are pretty disposable, except for the final girls. Oh, definitely. But, but yeah. for, this, is, this is a standout Friday the 13th for me, because the group dynamic is so different from every other one in the series. Yes. Uh-oh, we're going to see Vi in a minute here. Cause Vi. Poor little Jakey got turned down. Oh! Um, excuse me? 
what is Vi doing? Look at this. Vi is vibing. That's what she's um, doing. She, she is vibing. Vibing. I now love look the at her posters. Room. She has a poster of every relevant artist of the 1980s in her room. Oh my god, I love she's it. She's jamming out because she loves music. Like you can tell she's super into her music. <gasps> it's her life. Oh, Jakey. Okay, meet Cleaver to the forehead. Poor Jakey, because he already was goes... turned down by Robin. I know, he had a really, really shitty life. And that's why, you know, it's just like you said, this crew is very, very sympathetic. Yeah, I like, that's truly the... it's crazy. This could almost be in the Nightmare series. Yeah. Not quite, but the group dynamic if they were developed individually a little bit more they could have been uh in that vein yeah this is the first time that mm -hmm. we have camaraderie mm -hmm. and we we have a group of people who are sort of in this together and they all know what's going on and you don't like hospital like claustrophobic vibes no no i don't like that and i don't like terror trains because I'm I'm so big yeah. that when they have these small claustrophobic settings, yep. it just kind of makes you say ew. Does it make you say ew? <laughs> Aw, she's also auditioning. <laughs> yeah, do you think that this was the tryout? I think this was the tryouts for Electric Boobaloo. Electric Boobaloo does Ohio. Oh my god. I really think it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, her mullet. Good God, it's funny. Hey, that that thunder, though. Yeah. And lightning, that was cool. That's so funny, though. I just get a kick out of, like, the entire vibe of FTT5. This is where we really start to see a turn, not only in style, like Madonna has come out, you know, in ruling culture, right. but in what some people remember about the slasher series of later 80s, like nudity, etc., that kind of comes out here, but I think it is hilarious. It's, it's great stuff. This is 1985, and Friday the 13th still owns the 80s for now. Yep, for now. Uh-oh, she sees little Jakey. Oh, snap. Ooh. That's, um, homage. Throwback, yep. Yep, throwback. Throwback. Oh, Okay, excuse me. Vi, <laughs> I love her. I love okay, her. So this, this right here, what she's doing, this is called pop-locking. Pop-locking. So she's, she's pop-locking. And she's also doing a little bit of what tends to be called the robot. But mm. the robot was influenced by pop-locking which was a sort of subdivision of breakdancing. I need to know what the auditions were. Was it like, did they just have this, or did they see that she could do this, or did it specify, girl must know how to pop off? I know, because this is completely out of control. She's actually, like, competition-winning good. Absolutely she is. He's, he's as good as I've ever seen, and... I I've seen a lot of pop locking because in the early 90s at the middle school dances, this was a way to get status. Right. Like people who could pop lock, you didn't even need to, to, to 
say anything. Like you could just do these body movements, and it was Man. so cool. See, this is what I miss. People, like people, need to remember. Uh, you want, you want to just like be cool. Oh, I'm gonna just do a pop lock. Boom. I'm boom. gonna pop lock exactly. Boom. boom. Like check it out. This is so good. And this song is amazing. Oh, okay. Um, this sucks. Boo. Alright, so everybody's gone. Yeah, that one makes me Me really sad. Me too. I didn't want that to happen. Honestly, I would have preferred for her to stay alive. Honestly, I kind of wish she was the final girl. That was gross and excessive, to be honest, because none of the rules applied there. She just got killed just because she was there. Well, yeah, everybody here is being targeted. Yeah. But now that everybody's gone, it's only Reggie and final girl caller whose car broke down. And Tommy, because we don't know where he went after he, um, you know, started like Way of the Dragon or whatever. Right. <laughs> what is it called? Enter the Dragon? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh. Okay, so look, he's making a discovery that is usually reserved for the final girl. I know, that's what I'm saying. You see what I mean? I think it should be Reggie's movie. Pam! I as well, because here comes Pam, and we're going to see Tommy pretty soon, because we have to try back. Damn! three three main characters. That doesn't work for me. Um, because now I'm sad. Her name is Pam. Of all the things, Pamela, we should have remembered. Yes. See? That's not good. This She could have been awesome. Fault. It's her fault. She needs to be memorable. Well, and if you have more than one survivor, I mean, it's going to be really hard stacking up against Reggie because he has all the charisma in the world. Come on. Yeah, no one else had any chance. Mm-mm. Jason! Oh, not a scream queen either. Come on, Pam. That was the weakest scream I've ever heard, by the way. Oh my way. god, that's so funny. That does not even come close. Actually, to <laughs> Nancy. Reggie is the scream queen. Now that I remember, <laughs> it's Reggie coming. And he, he is! <laughs> It's coming. Um, okay, so we're we're in the sequence, yeah? We're in the sequence now. Uh, our final girl and final boy have been activated. They have discovered the bodies. They have confronted the killer. They are now running yep. through the woods. We're classic FTT right classic now. FTT. And just for a quick refresher, when we say activation we're referring to the stage of the film where they know what's going on yep they they officially know that there's a killer on the loose they've seen the body oh look at that (laughs) okay okay come on come on on. reggie is the screen queen i don't even know how to put this in words 
adorable. Oh, he's all young and his voice is so high. That scream was beautiful. Reggie just did the best scream of the movie. I know. He, Reggie is the scream queen. Reggie discovered the bodies. I'm telling you, this is Reggie's movie. The final girl almost didn't need to be in this, and it it kind of Ooh, takes, it takes that away. Hurts. <laughs> that hurts. I know. Takes away, because it's Reggie. Yeah, it's gonna have to take away. Oh, Pam. But it's Pam! Like, I love that they named her Pam. Pamela. Voorhees. I think that was a really great move, and also, I think we need to point out that there's nothing particularly dislikable about her. No, not at all. We're not, not, we're all. not that. like we're not saying she's deplorable or annoying or anything like that. We're just saying that she is not dynamic enough. And it, she could have been given more screen time because with Reggie being so cool, you know, and Tommy's whole story you can't really resonate with the final girl because we just don't know her well enough. And that is a huge problem. And now she's auditioning for Boobaloo. To do yeah. Other than have fun in this slasher movie, it is to resonate with yes. the final girl. Okay, exactly. You've got to resonate with the final girl and not turn, in, turn her into a Boobaloo. Not turn her into a Boobaloo. Like, what are they doing with that wet t-shirt? Come on, she's a final girl. Like, ugh, come on. I know, that's a little extra, huh? Is she it, part of the auditions, too? Yeah, she's part of the auditions. Wait, is, this the same, is she the same person who played, um, what's her name? In the diner? <laughs> oh my god, Lana? Is, what? Is that the same person who played them both? No. Okay. You're getting you your blonde see my mixed point, up. Though? Like, yep, it's hard to tell. That's what I'm saying. It is hard to tell the difference. So, there, definitely, these were the auditions for Boobaloo Dutch Cleveland this oh day. Oh my god, that is so funny. But also, see here, now we're getting classic. You know, we got the collar, we got the runaway. But Pam, get up. Stop screaming and do something. Because I swear to god, this is... This is, this is the real problem right here. This is not final girl behavior. Yeah, the crux of the issues surrounding our uh, criticism toward the final girl. Yep. You know, she doesn't, do she doesn't even defend herself. She doesn't even try to defend herself. Nope. She makes no effort. And that is not what we know as the final girl. This it's, is not right. The final no, girl no, no. is supposed to fight, right? Fight, fight, fight. And that's the problem when anytime you want to have two kind of protagonists, two or three, which they do in this movie, is that you have to divide the attributes. So Reggie became the one to fight and conquer. But then what does that leave for the final girl? Especially after we were just watching Nightmare on Elm Street and we oh. saw Nancy, who's Ow. like my favorite final girl ever like uh, come on that is yeah that's bad that's a bad comparison so when we bring that into the equation this final girl is lacking <gasps> lacking and i almost wonder what it would have been like do you think we're gonna forgive her i don't i i think it's more 
wanting to involve a group, you know, it, for me, I almost want to say that Reggie is the final. Okay, so so is this, it's like an experimental thing where we have mm-hmm. more than one, you know, my new favorite word, tritagonist. The tritagonist. We, we, we have like three people who are are going to be the final human in this yeah. movie. Exactly. And is that is that okay with you? Because I'm not quite sure that it's okay with me. No, it's not okay because I think that Reggie could have been the final and it would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. If it had just been Reggie. Or or just Pam, but pick. But I just happen to love Reggie, so but then the dynamic is completely thrown off. So I, I get what they're trying to do, and I actually applaud the effort. Well, it was quite forward thinking, but in, in execution, I think that perhaps it may have robbed uh, what's her face. <laughs> <laughs> it may have robbed what's her face of her full That's what I'm saying. And then it's like, okay, if you're, this is what happened, that led to the boobaloo. That led to the boogaloo. Yeah. Oh, chainsaw! Oh, right, right as we speak, here she comes with the chainsaw. It's almost like she was responding to us. I know she was like, "Screw you guys!" <laughs> yep. Look at this. Take that. Yeah, That's and perfect timing in total defiance. Yep. Of everything we just said about her. I know. Here she comes. <laughs> in our face yep yep which is cool i mean i'm really glad that we had this you know well and and throwback um homage Ginny with the chainsaw in fdt part two. Oh yeah which is unbeatable re- i mean Ginny is tops Come on. you you have to love how Ginny is the universal third best oh for you sure. know what i mean She's everybody the loves Ginny. Third best. Everybody. There's Every no one. single person mm-hmm. is going to say Jenny's number three. We're, we're either going to go Nancy, Jamie, or Jamie, Nancy, but yes. we're all going to pick Jenny at number I've, three. Absolutely. Oh, God. Tommy. Here we please, go. Here we go with the Tritagonist thing. And this is, okay, this, yes. is, this is my thing because, oh, no, the dynamic is it going to be Tommy? So look, there's three of them left for run, crying out loud. Tommy, and run. Tommy's having a flashback because this is his first confrontation with Jason since he was a little kid. So I do love this kind of dynamic because yeah. it's reminiscent of like the Michael Lori. This is honestly, I'm digging this. This is kind of like chills down my spine right now. Yeah. We, we, we had the showdown between these two in the last film. And Ooh. now he's tripping out. He's going crazy. Remember. He thought that Jason was dead, but Jason's alive. Oh, remember, remember. Ooh. Oh, my God. He got hit with the machete. Uh-oh, machete-o. Uh-oh, machete-o. <laughs> oh, my God. Come on. Give me some of that. Oh, there we go. Finally, the knife. See? If you show Boom. the knife at the beginning, you good. gotta bring it out at the end. That was good. See, 
here's where we get into some stuff that uh, I'm not quite sure how I feel about. I know, same. But I really like the the crazy psychological confrontation between like the younger self memories and the current, you know, identity crisis. Very interesting. That that was like a ten out of ten scene that just happened. I'm, I like I'm so on board with that. What gets me is the fact that it's three people versus Jason oh, in I know. five minutes. That's I know. what is going on here. And I know. We already know that two out of three people are unable to be killed because of the rules. Because of the so rules. Reggie can't be killed. Nope. And what's her face can't be killed because she has a collar. Yep. So what's gonna so happen? So it's like, it's, is it going Tommy to be all? Shot. Oh God! Oh Tommy with his like, you know, Alice in Chains precursor. I it. Hated that. You hated the way he just rolled over. Wow. He's gonna, he should be singing down in a hole. That was great. The way that you just reacted to him was pure hatred. Oh, no. See, that, I don't know. That, that's what these people are missing out. You know what we ought to do at the highest level of patronage? What? You get to actually see some of these reactions on Zoom. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah, they gotta pay for that though. We have to put that behind the paywall because that is prime content. And I'm telling you, people, believe you me, the <laughs> way that she just expressed pure hatred towards Tommy Jarvis. Oh my wow. god, I don't know. It, it's something that gets me. Every now and then, this happens with you. I know. And you cannot stand some of these characters. It's weird. Well, you know what it is? I love Corey Feldman so much. And the yeah. fact that he was at the beginning, I'm just really... Oh, snap, Reggie! Look at that. Reg to the rescue. So you're telling me that he's the hero? Wow. Alright. Wait. No, he didn't vote! Oh, oh it, better, I, it better not be Tommy, I swear to God. I know. It better you be... Know, no, it's gonna be... No, it better be... You know, it's it's, it's be. either Pam or Reggie, or else. Or else. <laughs> oh, nope. I'm like... Oh, come on. Uh-uh. No, uh -uh. it's gonna be Tommy. It's gonna be Tommy. Mm-mm. No way. Oh, nah. -uh. He's got the machete. And he's ready. No way. Oh my god. Here we go! Oh. Okay, so he he did it again, right? Because oh. remember. Ooh, dang, that was, that was brutal. So he killed Jason in the last movie. And now he killed Jason again. But what's this? Do you see what I see? Uh oh. Um, I see something going on with his face. Oh my God! Who is that? That well, is well, well, well. It was not Jason after all. That is completely over the top. So, what is happening? 
it was some man it was some in dude? a Jason mask. What is horror? But <laughs> who was? Oh my god. See, I'm all messed up now. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Deputy Dodo. Bird is the word. Oh my god. So, I love this dynamic though with Pam and Reggie. Oh my god. Roy. Roy. Wow. So, the paramedic at the beginning. The one who was actually showing emotion, that was the boy's father who got killed. You know, this actually hits pretty hard, to be honest. Um, this is really good stuff. And for those of you who are going to watch this movie twice, watch it again, yep. and you'll see how obvious it is. The yeah, whole it movie is. Because Roy the paramedic, remember when the paramedic showed up to the first kill? Yep. One of them was deeply disturbed. That's because that was his son who got murdered. Joey. That was his son. And Dodo says it in the most, like, film noir. Like, he's like, little Joey got a hack to patient. <laughs> yes, he does. Like, Jesus. <laughs> yes, he does. He had a little bit of... Sam Spade in him. It's like, why would you say it like that? Incredible. So, so uh, Ron was the killer. He was using Jason's likeness. But uh, he was the killer. He was irrationally mm -hmm. seeking revenge for his son's death. And to him, that meant killing everyone at the farm. Yep. And now we have Tommy in, is this a coma? No, he's just, he's been injured, so he's pretty out of it. And then Reggie, of course, survives. But yeah. this yeah. is where, uh, see, this is where I need, I need her to, to do something. Three survivors. Yep. <gasps> Holy Moses! Oh! Tommy with a machete. Oh, the He's maniacal favorite. laughter. My favorite thing. Ooh. You love him. <sighs> well, if he's going to be like that. But see, it was just a dream and he woke up and now he's all emo again. Uh, <laughs> you made him. <laughs> That's great. Even though he just had a fun moment. He did, but that was a dream. Uh-oh, machete. Oh. <laughs> Oh my god. But this is super interesting because the parallel with FTT4. So he's grown up, he fights Jason, but it turns out not to be Jason. But it's the same sequence. And now he's still having hallucinations. Or hmm. is he? Is Jason this, in the room? You know what? This reminds me of Friday the 13th Part 4. Yes, absolutely. 
Uh, um, what's happening right now with him? Dang. Um. Oh, he's like conquering the hallucination, or what is? He's like, this is not going to control me anymore. Go away, bad dream. He's trying to figure out if he's American or British. So true. But he conquered that fear. That I actually really like. See, come on, Tommy. Now I can be on Tommy's side. Exactly. Like... You're knocking at the door. Last minute of the whole entire... What? Why does he have Jason's mask? I'm really, really glad that you came over to the Tommy side, by the way. Yeah, right. (laughs) You came over to the Tommy side. A little bit. (sighs) I'll take what I can get. (laughs) Because I like when he's all, like, crazy. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) But not when he's, like, just by the tree singing a sad song. That's so mean. <laughs> I almost, that was what? really good. I, what? Uh, no, I let let it state for the record that you you only hate him when he's <laughs> sitting by a tree singing a sad song. Oh. oh my god, Tommy put on the mask. Was that a dream? Was that real? He's going after Pam. Oh my We're god, did he, did he turn into Jason? What's We're happening? Never, did he actually leave? Know. Oh my god, what? Nope, it's over, and we don't know. Actually, you know what? We will know. We're going to know in a little movie called Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason lives. Oh my god. Now listen to the classic Friday the 13th theme song. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. it's really good. You know, the orchestral soundtrack. It conveys that perfect suspenseful theme. I really like it. Oh, I love this with the violins and who's named Voorhees, by the way. Someone on this list, the last name is Voorhees. I know they they love doing that stuff. Well, that's great. You find um, that in all of the big three. So I want to see if they have a foley for the sound effects. Oh, here we go, sound effects. Because you know how I love slapping the chickens after. The movie's made. Exactly. Get... I, you know, I always say if there's anyone who loves slapping the chicken, it's my sister. <laughs> so. Yay. You love Tommy. What's going on? I know. I I feel for him. I really appreciate his story arc. There's something about him that kind of elevates them for me and i think that this is going to be really good to to bring up is that normally the formula for friday the 13th is that the person who survived the last film dies in the first five minutes right this was the first time that friday the 13th attempted to have continuity that's right it was the first time that a character survived through two entire films and guess what he's even going to be in the next film. Uh-oh. He's even going to be in the next film. So I I really do enjoy that. I like how it's sort of playing around with this new storyline. I like the Tommy versus Jason thing. I do too, actually. For me, even though I would probably agree with you that 
he was miscast, which is tragic. It's okay. It develops though in a way that's parallel to what's his face and Michael Myers, Tommy. Isn't it Tommy? Yeah, yes, Tommy Doyle from Halloween. So Tommy Doyle from Halloween was the little boy being babysat who had the confrontation with Michael Myers. But what we get is Tommy and Jason, and then we get Tommy and Michael kind of in parallel in the late 80s. Yes, we do. And that is one of the things I love so much about slasher culture. Remember at the beginning of the film, we were talking about the way that these franchises show love to one another. Yeah, I think you that's know? super cool. Okay. I, do too. I love it. So something happened when we were watching our mesmerized run mm-hmm. and I hadn't seen FTT five in forever. I was so into it. I was like, this is such a great slasher. Every like it's hitting all the points and it doesn't matter that it's not Jason. This run, I got emotionally weird about Tommy. yes so it's funny what happens with you know the multiple viewings right exactly exactly and i could tell i was experiencing that with you i was trying (laughs) not to smile because i loved it so much you actually don't hate tommy in fact i would wager to say that you love him it got weird (laughs) I started really liking him at the very, very end when he went nuts. Exactly. Exactly. Because at that point, he became one of those type of characters that you historically take under your wing and vouch for. Yes. You vouch for those type of characters. You know, he's been traumatized. Yep, absolutely. He's got like a legit thing, you know, in his background that we can point to and say, let's give this guy a break. Seriously, yeah, and so now I'm all about it, which is really funny. That's great. That's really great news to me because I like I'm I'm there for both sides of it. I appreciate the anti Tommy and I appreciate the pro Tommy, which makes it so complicated for me in in a movie that is already the most complicated entry in its series. Oh my god, I know. It, It is so hard to tackle this film and review it. I mean, by far, the, the most difficult of the Friday the 13th to approach. Yes. Right? And I mean, what, what do we even do with this thing? We got, so, we got three protagonists? No, I know. And it's so hard. But I think that if you, if you don't mind that it's not Jason which is really hard considering the whole entire franchise is built around Jason Voorhees and it should be Jason and it's like, what's happening? It seems kind of crazy. But if if you can look past that and be like, oh, Friday the 13th made a slasher movie within its slasher franchise, then it actually hits all the points. Like, well, most of them. You know, it's, it's got some fun. It's got the party vibe with the dance, the dancing girl vibe. I love her. Yeah. Um, you got the full suite even in with their quirks. You got the sequence stand out. We, we got to give a golden machete. Yes. The gold, the golden machete. So the golden machete 
is something that we talked about and we're just going to need to do it yeah. because we need to give a special award to the character in each of these films that had a standout performance. Okay. So it's really hard to rate because it's not Jason. <laughs> Which is like, how do you even go about this? How but. crazy is that? This is a Friday the 13th movie, and the killer was not Jason. Like, let's let that sink in. That is huge. So, the way I feel about it is a little bit like the way I feel about Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Because it has nothing to do with Michael Myers at all. Right. And it's kind of similar, right? Like, they both just made movies that have nothing to do with their title character or like nothing to do with it and it's so weird but uh so if i just am looking at it as a slasher and i kind of put the whole jason thing aside which is hard Mm -hmm. then i can i can pick out reggie i mean just the best i can pick out demon reggie yeah god um i can pick out like the the dynamic with tommy and his Trauma and continuing a storyline, which is mm-hmm. always interesting. And Vi? Vi. Okay, let's do Who Would You Be With? Uh, okay, yes. This is a classic thing that we have to do yes. uh, called Who Would I Be With? And we have to do um, not only Who Would I Be With, but Who Should I Be With? Who Should You Be With? And Who Likes Me? And then Who do I like so at this point I pass the mic to you because this is your segment (laughs) (laughs) I know exactly all right obviously demon's girlfriend who's right just like the coolest all right while you should be with her (laughs) miss boobaloo from the woods is the one who likes you and the yeah and it's causing trouble oh I know it and she's causing trouble, but you like Vi and her pop locking, and you. Should. Yes, I do. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yes, I do. So that is really, really, really great stuff. It's so and funny. I think that you're spot on on all <laughs> counts, as usual. Um, I have nothing to say in my defense. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> because it's all true. Oh my god, that's it's so funny. True. I know. Now, here's here's the other thing. We have to give a Mr. Potato Head award. That's right. A okay. Mr. Potato Head award. This is something that we always do, and mm-hmm. it pretty much goes to whoever has the most outrageous hair mm-hmm. style. And this movie, there were a couple of contenders, but... I think you'll agree. There's only one. There's only one, and it's Demon. It's Demon. We Demon. gotta give the Mr. Potato Head to Demon. Come on, that Jerry Curl. Mm-hmm. I would say runner-up Ethel. Yes. I see that. I didn't see it last time, but I see it now. Totally. I see it now. Oh my goodness. And who would you give the golden machete to? I want to be careful to pick the right person because this is the inaugural 
Golden Machete Awards it's here. It's so true. It's so true. Uh, the Golden Machete is going to be huge. It's going to be a part of the show from now on. Woo. So just to be very clear on, on what we mean, the Golden Machete is given to whoever really made us have fun mm-hmm. and, and made us laugh and smile and, and love the whole thing. So yeah. with that said, the Golden Machete goes to Vi. Oh, snap! You're giving... Oh, of course. See, I told you. <laughs> the Golden I... Machete goes to Vi for, for her pop-locking. I knew it! <laughs> <laughs> I told you. I knew it. You would so be with... You like... Okay. You love Vi. You love the pop-locking. And, yes. But Boobaloo would cause so much trouble. Boobaloo, oh. Well, Boobaloo of the woods, right? Not Boobaloo of the diner. No, 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 no. She's a balloon. Yeah. No, no, no. Okay. I got you. Like, she would be just, you know, she wouldn't be causing trouble because she's a... Spectrum, do you think? Because she's a balloon. Okay. So she wouldn't cause trouble. She wouldn't intend to cause trouble. Boobaloo of the Woods wants to cause trouble, and she would cause trouble. Boobaloo of the Woods is as much trouble as it gets. That's what I'm saying. Truly as much trouble as it possibly gets. Yep. I will absolutely confirm that. Yep. Um, and and yes, I would absolutely be interested in Vi. I you know, know look at all of those music posters. Oh my god, I know. I, I could talk about all of those albums. I could have a four hour conversation about any one of the albums that she had a poster of on her wall. I know. Yeah. Oh, oh you oh golden machete. Okay. So wait, 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 wait. But where do you stand as far as me and um, what's her face? What's her face from Demon Trailer? Nope. The what's her face Johnson or whatever her name is. What's her face? Girl. What's her face Johnson? Pam? <laughs> yeah, Pam. You and Pam <laughs> would I don't think would really even be in the same circle. That's right. And not not with anything like bad between you guys. You just wouldn't. You just wouldn't, you'd be cool we with each other. We wouldn't cross paths. But when you did, you'd be cool with each other. Like, oh, that's yeah. how it, I see it. It would definitely be nothing but positive vibes. Yeah. But, you know, she would be doing the yacht races and stuff. Like yeah, that. I mean, she had a sweater tied around her shoulders. Like, yeah. That's a no go. Exactly. But she's exactly. nice, and so it wouldn't be a, an issue. That's right. It would be neutral. That's what I mean. And so there's always the neutral one. And so she's the neutral one. Um, yeah, Vi and then Boobaloo. Boobaloo of the Woods. Boobaloo of the Diner. I mean, a.k.a. Balloon. A.k.a. Yeah. Lana. <laughs> we. I'm so glad that we've identified different genus and species here. And it is very important to make the distinction between Boobaloo of the Woods and Boobaloo of the Diner. It's so true! Boobaloo of the Diner? How do you really feel about that, though? Do you think that I would escape that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she's not... As a balloon, she wouldn't... She wouldn't try with any intent to... to, You know what I mean? To mess anything up. Yes. She, She would just kind of float... As like a balloon around right. you, <laughs> right? 
but Boo-Boo of the Woods would actually try to get in the way. I think that's by. a very, very strong point. So Boo-Boo of the Woods would be far more assertive and aggressive. Absolutely. She would actually target me, and if I happened to achieve something positive with Vi, she would go out of her way to mess it up, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, whereas Boogaloo of the Diner, she she's floating so far into outer space yep. that she doesn't have any malice in her. No, that's exactly what I mean. Like, she she would just be the, the diner Boogaloo. Like, she just, she would be, I think, bringing you, you know, cherry pie and soda and stuff. And right, and and somehow it would just be like positive and innocent. It would be because she's a balloon, and so the boo-boo of the woods yeah. is dangerous, extremely dangerous. And uh, another reason is because she's like the down for whatever personality mm, type, you know, like the actual crazy. Oh, actual crazy. Boo-boo of the diner is just spacey and floaty. Yeah, she's and just spacey. She, you know, she 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 understands life on a very basic human hedonist level. Yeah. And she just wants to have some fun while she's here. Yeah. That's like all. it's not like, you know, that's, no, that's it. <laughs> no, it that's it. And then Vi, of course, yeah. would you you guys would be the musical buddies. Oh, for sure. And so that's the rundown. That is that is a really good rundown too. <laughs> That is a really, really good rundown. Oh my god, that's so, so funny. This is always my favorite segment. Oh my god. Because your insights are so fascinating and valuable. <laughs> <laughs> it's like warnings. <laughs> yeah. Stay away from Boogaloo of the Woods. Stay away from Boogaloo of the Woods. And so I will take that to heart. Yeah, and everyone should. Everyone should too, and 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 let us not fail to dwell on yeah. something that is quite swell, if you will, and that is the fact that we have officially dubbed two people, Boobaloo of the Woods, oh god, and Boobaloo of the Diner. <laughs> that is the gold star thing. This I mean, it's wonderful. They. <laughs> They did it themselves. <laughs> they truly did. They truly did. And they did it on purpose. Did it on purpose. You know, they they, they they essentially kidnapped the movie. They really did. For their own purposes. Did you see that? They kidnapped the movie to be boobaloos. <laughs> right. They kidnapped the movie to be boobaloos. Oh, and... God. I mean, it was it was too obvious, right? Like, they accepted yeah. the role. Okay, we'll yeah. do some Friday the 13th, right? But then they had other plans. They did have they other, had plans. other plans. They're like, this might be called Friday the 13th, but we're going to go all out. We're going to audition yep. for Boobaloo Does Ohio. Exactly. So, you know, wish them well. <laughs> I wish them well, you know? And, I wish and them also, well. Uh, I think we should point out too that this is the the first instance of that, and the yeah. the vibe is changing right now. I think that's really important. That's what I'm saying. That's so when mullet mullet boobaloo, which was you know like a mullet boobaloo light, shall we say? <laughs> I'm gonna just say where she was in the room. That was like <laughs> a mullet boobaloo light. 
<laughs> That's what I'm ordering next time I go to the pub. <laughs> Actually, I'm not. No, don't. <laughs> um. Oh my God, you know what I mean. Mullet Boopaloo Light. That was okay. when I said, okay, that's three for three. Like, tone is shifting. We're in Madonna's world. We are in a Boobaloo audition. We're going into the later part of the 80s, and the vibe has shifted completely from where we were in Canada. Happy birthday to me, for instance. Yes. Wow. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And. We are going to find, as we continue to progress through the 80s, that these movies have a tone of just all out, anything goes, Yep. party time. I'm for it. I'm here for it. You tend to put on your suit a little bit for these. I know. But we're going to have a party here. We are. It's going to be really, really fun. And we got our first taste of it today. With we, Friday the 13th, part we did. five. And you know what? From here on out, I, I think we have a few more boobaloo contenders, so... Yes, we are going to have a few more boobaloos. So, everybody just put on your seatbelts. <laughs> it's it's going to be quite a ride. And <laughs> since... Okay, since you chose Demon for the Mr. Potato Head... Yeah. I have a very important question. What? <gasps> oh, no. If you could grab hold of that mighty hairpiece and lift it up as the sword was pulled from the stone out yes. of the hair hole, what would you replace it with? Oh, my God. You know what I'm going to say? Because it's similar in... Similar in curls, yet uh, r- richer in tone. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. Uh, is, that's similar in curl and richer in tone for anyone who missed it. I'm going to say FTT3 Shelly. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm going there. Oh my god. So that's just incredible. One of those. Red white boy froze. Yeah. Just plopped right on into that cherry curl. <laughs> the curly fries. It's the curly fries. See, it's like similar in curl. But richer in tone. But richer in tone. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. There is no possible way I can argue with that. <laughs> and. Let me tell you what hairpiece I would replace. Yes, I need if, to know. If I could grab a hold of that mighty hairpiece and lift it vertically out of his head hole. Yes. As the sword was pulled from stuff. Exactly. Well, it is I, that important. I would replace it with none other oh my God. than Pippi Longstock. Are you kidding me? We both <laughs> went... We both went ginger. We both went ginger. No way. You can't catch me. <laughs> oh my god, gingerbread man. So, I think we were even on the same wavelength as far as that. We really were. <laughs> which is great. Which is great. 
Oh my god, we rode the ginger train, really. We did. So, you know, we're joined at the hip. I think that is so funny. Here, here we have another very, very good movie, if I may yes. say, with some interesting caveats that I think that we've explained. Yes, we have. Um, it's it's a great, great movie. It's fun. I'm gonna go when I when I think about what I'm gonna rate it. Oof. I almost have a conundrum. I know, I know. Like so many other movies of the past, when it comes time to give that rating, Oof. I have to think about so many things. I have to think about the responsibility I have to the high ratings I've given. I know. But at the same time, I have to think about, we, we love this movie. This was really good. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. Like, obviously, it sparked a lot. You know, yeah. which is a, uh, an emotional reaction, even if it's whatever it is, you know, positive or crazy or whatever. It's still a reaction that I got from the movie. And it was super fun. And even though I have a pet peeve with yes. Tommy being, you know, it was like either Tommy, Reggie or the final girl. You know how much I love the final girl. And yeah. I really missed that because and this might be because i already know what happens with tommy and michael myers like especially when you get to part six of, oh that was gonna be like really fun yeah but halloween part six but you know what i'm saying the dynamic between tommy that tommy and the dynamic with this tommy it's like okay you know what i want my final girl back oh am i back yeah you're back <laughs> It's a really, really good parallel because we're going to have the exact same conversation when we watch Halloween 6. That's what I'm saying. I, I miss the dynamic with a, a new final girl every time. Even yeah. though I do appreciate that it's a continuing story. So it's both. It certainly is. And I happened to love all three of the tritagonists here uh, oh yeah you did i was two and a half you were two and a half i thought that that was okay it was certainly not ideal mm -hmm. i think any anyone will, will agree with that this yeah. this was not the ideal setup we should have had a proper final girl yeah okay so there's no excuse for that so automatically the highest grade it can get is a nine seven at that point right it, it loses three points from the mm -hmm. total yep. for improper final girl. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So, on top of that, do we have any other notable flaws? Or is that our only one? Well, that and it wasn't Jason. <laughs> it wasn't Jason. So, this wasn't actually Jason a negative thing? Do, do you believe that that's a negative thing? Well, you know what? We're back to... House on Sorority Row. The last two seconds. Does the last like ending minute negate the rest of the film experience? And that's really hard because right. on the one hand, it was Jason. You know what I mean? It was. Yeah, the, it the, was. It was Jason. The entire movie we thought it was. It was the it was the mask. It was by the way, it was a proper Jason. Jason with the machete, Jason walking slowly. Right. Right, so, it was. It was. I dare say one of the best renditions of Jason. 
it was it the physique it was it was a yeah jason you know back to ftt3 which is Ooh, the, which the, which we we would agree is like the best right the best well he's dapper and i like yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> he sure is yes he sure is. his khakis are pressed but they are like they actually are though and his windbreaker is so crisp Oh my god, I love it. The whole movie, it's it's an FTT experience. The last minute, if it's not Jason, does that cast a pall, you know, on the entire experience? Yes and no. It's very strange. I don't know how oh. to... It's crazy. Yeah, it, so I agree. That's a yes and a no. Now, to elaborate, this particular movie does it better than any other movie I've ever seen. Yes, it does. That's the other thing. It, it hits all the points. And yeah. if you're gonna have it not be Jason, well, geez Louise, it's gonna be the paramedic who saw his son chopped up. I would I would go out on a limb here and say that it was a very good idea to have it not be Jason in this case, because look what yep. we would have gotten. I mean, yep. we're gonna find out next movie what we would have gotten. Right. Oh, it, yeah. So, we... Either we had a choice of having super duper triple revived zombie Jason with maggots crawling out of him, oh, or no. we had the fake out. I like a fake out, as uh, as we'll see with a few of our next picks, but this one's hard because it's a series. Yes, it is a series, and therefore we rightfully expect more Jason. Now, what, what do we do here? Because we, we had... We had a killer who perfectly emulated Jason mm -hmm. and in doing so gave us the experience of Jason. I know. Now that is fascinating because does that mean and not an uh, an imitation, but like an, an emulation of an experience that you if you don't know, is that still real? Yes, the placebo effect in action here in Friday the thirteenth part five so you know chiming into to a timeless conundrum yeah uh technically this is a quote-unquote fake version of something yep. this yep. is a fake friday the 13th that's what this is and that's what the detractors will tell you they will say give this movie a two out of ten right. because it's not jason however i fall on the other end of this spectrum mm -hmm. because how many movies have we covered here on the pod mm. that are by the books slashers? We don't know who the killer is until the end. Exactly. I mean, and that's what we got here. So even though this movie happens to be called Friday the 13th, this was a 1981 slasher that they made in 1985. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's really hard to negotiate and... I think that you can, if it's, you know, fake Jason, but you thought it was Jason the whole movie. Yes. But there, there is no Betty. But there is no Betty. Exactly. Exactly. <sighs> so when we run that through our little computer, we have no choice but to give this movie some very serious props because it captured the truest essence of the golden age of the slasher. Yep. It was a very welcome departure after all of the heaviness that we've been having with Jason and what's going on with him. Yep. We definitely needed a break after what happened last time. Very true. So, and also, 
how about the the genius of someone perpetrating Jason using his likeness? That's okay. Crazy. It it actually works really well. I know that with the passage of time and everyone on Twitter and stuff and and the the day and age that we live in, mm-hmm. people are very critical of things. Mm-hmm. But when this movie was fresh, mm-hmm. nobody nobody knew what was going on. Like everybody yeah. thought that was Jason. Of course. And in a sense, it was. It was. That's the thing. Exactly. Exactly. The very essence of Jason was captured by Ron the paramedic. And if you believed it was Jason, it was Jason. Certainly. And it shouldn't change the way that the movie made you feel. Right. Just knowing that it wasn't Jason, you know, that's that's not even rational. I mean, what about Friday the 13th one? How many people who uh-huh. watch it for the first time today are disappointed? Do you know that that's a thing? Oh, Isn't because they crazy? think it's Jason. Yeah. yeah that's it's like Pamela. Like people who don't know what what is really up with Friday the 13th part one are disappointed because it's a guess the killer. And I would say five kind of follows in part one shoes in that sense of guessing the killer of building up this you know woods experience with killer on the loose with an emotional impact but it not being jason and here we are at part five and jason has actually only been three of the five yes yes and i really love that by the way and i too was thinking part five is a wonderful callback to part one yeah in fact it is the most like part one of all of them it is and they have that that intro with little tommy jarvis in the yellow um rain jacket that is callback to part one yeah because we we love that story with tommy jarvis oh little tommy is we love that the best ever so that was the first that they gave us a story arc. That's the thing. And so what do you do? Well, I can't rate it as highly as I rated the actual 1981 Golden Age Slasher, no, which were all between 9.7 and 9.9, pretty much. Totally. So I, on the other hand, truly, truly loved this movie. So I'm going to give it a 9.666. Okay. That's amazing. Nice job. (laughs) I am going straight 9.5. Nice. Straight 9.5. The reason being, I actually don't mind that it's not Jason's because of everything that we've said. And also, I just find it to be kind of the killer. You know, Jason is on point here. He's great. Like, it's a good Jason, regardless. And so, as much as I love Vi and the dynamic with Reggie, there's something about Tommy until the end that got me to this Mm -hmm. place of of not being able to deal with him. Tommy pisses you off, for real. It's weird. And so, and then also uh, Pam, I think, really could have been you know she could she could have put a little more oomph into the she Pamela could have been a lot better 
So, but but aside from that, because I know that they were doing the whole protagonist thing. So I will say nine five, but I actually don't mind that it's not Jason. And neither do I, which is crazy because you think we both would. I know. You it think is. being such Friday the Thirteenth fans mm -hmm. that we of all people would demand the real Jason, but the real Jason is irrelevant. It's it's all about the essence of Jason. The real Jason is Pamela. That's that what I'm, the real Jason is Pamela. Yeah. And the real Jason was FTT5 and just until the last minute. And, and you know what else? What makes this any different from prom night, terror train, happy birthday to me, final exam, uh, graduation day? You know, what, what makes this any different from any of these whodunits? Right. You know. My Bloody Valentine, The Prowler. Remember when you find out at the end who the killer is? And, and you're like, oh, shit, it's him. Exactly. You know? And that, that beautiful moment where you're like, okay, now it all makes sense. I've seen this guy before in the movie, and he turned out to be the killer. That happened here. And, and the only reason that it was so criticized is because people expected it to be Jason. Yes, it, it doesn't. It doesn't give you that if you're expecting Jason. However, I will say the essence of Jason is present. But yeah. also, if Halloween can get away with Season of the Witch. <laughs> oh, as far as departures from the series, this one wins. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> this, I don't mind. And I will say also, it took me 20 years anyway to actually come around to not minding that it wasn't Jason. That's right. You've had a very interesting historic relationship with Friday the 13th Part 5. I know. I I couldn't do it. And now I like it. And it's weird. I have a reaction oh, to it. Isn't that interesting now? Like, things things are happening. We're seeing new things in these mm -hmm. movies for the first time all it's of a sudden. And, and also, one of the reasons why you hated Friday the 13th 5 so much back in the day is because... You loved Friday the 13th Part 4. Well, come on. Remember? That That's was your my favorite. That was, that was yes. our episode zero. That is where oh, yeah. Betty comes from. That is yeah. where Run It Through Your Little Computer comes from. That is where Slashers and Suits, the, the suits come from. Like It's an 11. It is an 11. I yeah. mean, it is one of the best to me. The Crispin's Dance makes it an 11. It gets, it gets the honorary 11 because it without does. Friday the 13th Part 4, we wouldn't have a podcast. Without Friday mm -hmm. the 13th Part 4, we, we wouldn't have, have gotten so deep into slasher movies. No Remember way. Remember how, how deep we got? And, and one of the reasons that we decided to dive so deep mm -hmm. is because we realized just how much fun was mm -hmm. being had. Um, It's a party? And so... Yeah. So there's that, which is super funny. And so that's why now, though, I'm coming back to five and I'm actually really excited about the movies that came after. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to get into some stuff now because the next entry in the Friday the 13th series Ooh. is called Jason Lives. Friday the 13th Part and guess who's going to be in it? Tommy Jarvis. Um, what? And yeah. it brings slashers back. 
It brings them into a new era. It it refreshes things, you know, for better or for worse. I love it. I think it's a party. We're going to talk about it, though, like a lot of different facets. But before we do that, we first have to say goodbye to the series. Oh, we're going to say goodbye to it in style. Yeah. With a little movie called April Fool's Day that we're going to cover on the next episode. April Fool's Day. So one of my absolute favorites. Yeah. Kind of like a send-off to the genre before everything came back. But mm-hmm. one of the... It's so funny. Very tongue-in-cheek. Meta. It's it's got... Oh, it, yeah. Another uh, Back to the Future character is in it. And my new favorite thing is that, hey, Sue, you didn't want to watch it. I know. <laughs> I did my thing. Yes, you did your I thing. Did. And I oh, misremembered it mm-hmm. as being something that I didn't really like but then when we watched it last time I said this is one of the best movies I've ever seen oh absolutely it is and that was so funny because we we were watching it the mesmerized run and we were both just like wait a second what is happening why is this so amazing yes definitely it was uh, 100% gold and there is going to be so much to unpack. So much to unpack. For anyone who has taken film studies or likes to study film, uh, there's this thing that we all know called the genre cycle. When a genre has its inception and then it has its golden age mm-hmm. and then it has its revisionist period where there's like 20 years later, all of these great movies are made. Mm-hmm. Uh, they pay homage to the original. And then 20 years after that, it usually has the parody phase. Yes. Right? So the slasher is the only thing that <laughs> did all four of those cycles in five years. I love it so much. Five it's years. Five took- years. Oh, my God. For everything. And so we're we're getting into parody in, an, in a slasher. Already getting into it. Like, to make a comparison, you have the great western movie called Stagecoach. The the first role where people recognize an actor called John Wayne. Woo! First western film that truly resonated with America. Uh, it, it was an incredible film. 10 out of 10. I love it. So, so there you have the genesis of the golden age. Right? And then for like 20 years. Yeah. You have great westerns. And then the westerns took a break because people thought they were corny. They were tired of them. John Wayne was getting old. Mm -hmm. And then a couple years after that, revisionist period. Mm -hmm. Oh, now there's something called the spaghetti western. Now the Italians are making westerns. Who the hell is Clint Eastwood? Uh What's going on here? So, So there's all of this stuff. Once upon a time in the west. Uh, you know, fistful of dollars. We're talking about like forty years after the classic westerns. These were being made, and then flash forward to today. Three amigos. Still, exactly. They're they're still making western parodies. Parodies. To this day, so so that's an eighty year span with the slasher movie. We have the classic era. We have the revisionist era, and we have the parody era from 1980 through 1985. Oh, my God. 
and it's so much fun. I love the parodies. I think they're just, that's the party for me. And it kind of initiates that new era. Which we got a little taste of in the movie we watched tonight, which yeah, most people aren't going to see unless they go back and watch it after we cover the parodies. Yeah, so definitely if you haven't been, you know, caught up with the Canadian slashers, you know, super serious, really intensely psychological, like plot driven. Uh, those episodes are still, you know, every outlet like iTunes and Spotify and the website and everything. So, yeah. so catch up on on kind of that history if you haven't. And then we're gonna get to April Fool's Day. We're gonna get to April Fool's Day. That's gonna be the very next episode. It's gonna be so fun and it's gonna be really meta. You Can't know, wait. so for people that can hang with it and for people who like this sort of thing. We are going to have a hell of an episode next time, and I dare say we had a hell of an episode this time. Ha ha! Keep your suit on. <laughs>